<clears throat> Boom, and we're live. What's happening, baby? What's up, Joe? How are you, brother? I'm feeling great, man. Thanks for having me. You're looking great. Thanks, brother. You're looking rather large. I, I threatened Joe before the show. I said, you need to start off and tell me how beautiful I am. Strong and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that your t-shirt company? Yeah, that's my clothing company. It's uh, all through Bunker Branding, and basically that's, that's basically where I Try to keep it. this like uh, a fist from your face. There we go. I'm just there afraid go. everyone's going to hear me breathe like a fat guy. Like, <laughs> <sighs> you know. How much, do you do any cardio? I do, most do certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch Strongman on, on ESPN, yeah. so like- when you pull a truck that's seventy thousand pounds, and you pull it for a hundred feet yeah. with a harness restraining your chest, like like not expulsion, but your chest expansion. Mm-hmm. It's that's that's the the hardest cardio I've ever done. I played football for a long time, so I mean, yeah, I can tough. only imagine. But yeah. I was I was thinking that like you have to have some cardiovascular strength to do some of those routines, some of the some of the different challenges that you guys have to do for sure. And normally, like worlds will start with like what we call a load medley. So you'll have uh, normally like four implements, like you'll have two kegs and two sandbags, and the kegs will both weigh 265 pounds, and the sandbags will be 330. That's what we did last year, which was fucking brutal. But um, you'll have to load each one of them onto a platform that's about 60 feet away. So, you know, if if you get going, you, it's not just cardio. You have to have diaphragm strength, too. Like, if you've got a weak diaphragm, you're just going to fold. I've seen guys black out, and I've seen guys black out at World's Strongest Man. So, so what is, how, does a, how does one strengthen their diaphragm? Um, what we do, the normal exercise we did, um, it doesn't really have a name. It's just kind of something we made up. You'll lay on your back, and you take, like, a sandbag and put it over, over your, uh, your upper abdomen. And you'll expand, you'll push out really hard, and um, you try and hold it for, like say, say, like two minutes. And you learn to take tight little breaths while flexing your upper, upper abdomin- abdominals. Whoa. I can spoke. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the weight on you. Right. And you just... <laughs> yep. And you stay flexed. And it's, it's like, you know how you see fighters taking punches like just yeah. to keep tight? Yeah. Same, similar thing. And so, like, me, I, I, I have a big barrel gut, like a big chest and gut, but, like, it's solid. I literally get, like, I'll brag a little bit. I've got side abs in the morning sometimes, <laughs> you know? Actually, I got to say this. I, the best compliment I was ever given, I put up a post, and it was me drinking coffee in the morning just naked, but, like, from, like, the hip up. And somebody gave me a compliment that's actually comes from something you said. They said, damn, Robert's got a really good dick root. (laughs) (laughs) I think I invented dick root. Dick root is when those dudes, I don't understand why dudes do that. They wear their shorts so low that you basically see the top of their cock. You see the root. They've got nothing else to show. So like, but it's a weird, it, weird move. If you Google yeah. dick root, that's all it comes up. Is, is you me? I think I invented it. I, I appreciate it. It was a very nice compliment. <laughs> Congrats on the dick root, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird thing. that mm. guy, I mean, when did guys start doing it? I get girls doing it. I get it. Right. I just don't get guys pulling their shorts all the way down low like that. No, it's like, no. Seems like you're just asking to get pantsed. Like, I don't understand, like, the sagging. I, I guess it like it comes out of prison culture. From what I heard, I, but yeah. I, I I hate it now. But I feel like an old man because I used to do it as a kid. Used like, to sag. I, well, I grew up in an area. It was like, it was it was a very uh, low income like area. I don't know how to say that politically correct. We That's were the all way to poor. Say it. There, yeah. you go. there you low go. Low income. So uh, like everybody was sagging. 
Do you have like boxer shorts underneath? Oh, for that's, sure. That's what you have to have. Yeah, right? you, you learn. See, when you start off with tidy whities and then everyone makes fun of you, then you're like, oh, right, right. So you switch to boxers. Isn't that what a weird like style? Yeah. I ran out of that by the time I was like 12, though. I was like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Well, my problem is like if somebody like grabs your pants, like you're done. Like you're going to have to reach for your pants and then they're going to punch you in the face. Like this is a you're like asking to you're you're like at a handicap. Yeah. You sound exactly like my father right now. (laughs) It's like exactly what he would say. You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. I had friends that tried it. Like, t- even 10, 15 years ago, like, guys my age, I was like, what oh. in the fuck are you doing? It's too what late. are you doing? The thing now is skinny jeans and sagging, mm, which is, like, know, counterproductive yes. in a way. Like, it just doesn't seem like it goes together. Right. They're trying to combine styles. They don't understand what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they've got a good enough dick root, then uh, they, they, maybe that's what it is. Like, they just got to show the quad, like... Do you the, wear regular jeans or do you wear like the, the stretchy type jeans? These like are stretchy. Town jeans? Yeah. yeah. These are stretchy. I love sure. those, man. You can move. I can't go back to regular jeans. Right. Once you wear like Revtowns or you know barbells or any of those kind oh, of like, yeah. the, you fuck all those regular jeans. You can't, man. No. I mean, I've, I ripped so many jeans yeah. just getting sitting down, you know? Well, I think with your size, like it must be fucking so hard to just find clothes. Right. And no, and I'm built differently. Like my waist is, a, is like a 40, but my inseam's like a 34. And so normally, like if you find a 40 waist, it's like a 28 or a 30 mm. leg. So it's like for a shorter, like chubby Fat guys. guys. Yeah. So yeah, you, know. you can still say fat guys and no one gets mad. If you say fat girls, people are like, hey, yeah, don't be so sense. insensitive. But fat guys, you don't catch a break. Nobody gives a it. fuck about fat guys. Deal with it, fat guys. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. Fat guys are happy they're fat sometimes. That's true. That's the difference. Like fat girls will pretend they're happy they're fat, but they're really sad on the inside. So there you go. But fat guys, if they especially if they drink, they're like, ah. <laughs> like Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer does not seem to give a fuck that he's fat. No, he does not have a problem with it. No, no. takes his shirt off the moment he gets on stage. Doesn't care. And He'll do it on, on daytime TV. Yes. <laughs> if he doesn't, people get mad at him. Yeah. If he doesn't take his shirt off, people are like, hey, come on. <laughs> You're Bert. the fat guy that gets yeah. naked. Get naked. Where's your shirt? Dance, monkey. <laughs> yeah, take it off. That's part of your gig. It's like, what's his name? Gallagher without a watermelon. Yeah. Right? No sledgehammer? Get the fuck out of Dude. here. Well, speaking of, of him, what are you guys thinking for a sober October? We really haven't decided yet. Bert wanted us to do some dance contest. So he could suck my dick. Because he wanted to do that so he could just win without working hard. I get He'll just it. take his clothes off. I'm getting crazy. I'm going to win. Ooh. Right. No right. chance. But no this, chance. how about this? What if they found a way to like score a dance thing in a, in a like so there is no judgment and it was like points based on athletic types of movements or something like that i'm mm. sure like the internet could come up with a way that it's like because i understand what you're saying and what you're saying makes total sense about how like you earn that shit you yeah. want it to be regulated not well, someone's opinion last year because last year we literally were killing ourselves yeah. we were working out seven hours death. a day and I was just trying to grind those guys in the ground. I was like, I'm just going to take you to deep water and see. It was awesome, man. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I couldn't stop watching. Well, Bert was talking shit. And that's when I was like, oh, I cannot have this guy win. This is not going to happen. That's why you fuck up. I knew Ari was going to be a problem because he's crazy. Ari tried really hard. Mm. But he doesn't have a lot of experience grinding like that. Right, so he, right. he did his best. Yeah. He hung in there. but. Well, you, Bert, you're a vet with that shit. Yeah, you know? Bert's trying to win this with fucking style points. He can fuck off. No, 
No, I think if 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 the, if somebody can come up with a way that dancing is like regulated in a point system that does yeah. nothing to do with people's opinion, to where like it's. I don't know even how you would do that, where it's like there's an athletic type of movement that's required for this, so learning that takes this and mm, gives you that. Yeah, it gives you points. That's the only way it would even work where it wasn't based on someone's opinion. It's too much time, too. That's the part of the problem. It's like learning how to dance. Like I, I did a movie once, uh, Zookeeper, and I had to learn how to d- do this elaborate dance with uh, Leslie Bibb. It, that shit took forever. It yeah. took weeks and we and you were like constantly training and drilling and going over the movements and and I don't even like that kind of dancing. <laughs> it's yeah. not like like if I'm doing martial arts and I'm training, I'm interested. I that's why I love that. I want to I want to get better at it. I didn't want to get better at dancing. I just wanted it to be over. Right. I just wanted to film the scene so I could fucking relax. Yeah. You know, move on. Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to do. We haven't decided. Hmm. Well, we're all waiting. Yeah, I, I, I said we should have a hold your breath competition. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, See underwater. Can, that yeah. takes practice. I mean, I think you guys have to, you have to add something in. My favorite part of it was seeing you be like, "No, nah, fuck this!" Like, we'll all go to the gates of hell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's me. Like, if someone, if someone, I love talking trash, right? That's yeah. that's my thing. And in strongman, it's not very popular. Like when I got really? in, oh no, they don't. It's very old school. Like you're supposed to do your work, not act like you're supposed to get paid, not act like you're supposed to want any attention, not draw any attention towards yourself. Really? It's like it's like karate in like 1960. You know, oh. like it's old school. You know. Be respectful of the way and i totally get that i i understand that and it i mean i don't think anyone can get to the top echelon without having that respect but it's it, it's ridiculous for for people who've never been at that on that uh on that level to tell other people how they're supposed to behave right if, if i want to talk shit i'm gonna talk shit <laughs> i do like I was, I was talking shit to you when we first started coming yeah. out. That's just what we do. You yeah, know? it's fun. Talking shit is fun, and also it's like I, I feel like that makes it more entertaining, and we yeah. want more eyes on the sport. Exactly. I mean, that's and, what I, my my argument about the UFC. I always like it when people talk some shit. Right. And, and and win or lose, sometimes you have to eat that. Like what's yeah. that? The kid that Ben Askren. Exactly. Yeah, flat line. Yeah. <laughs> that was brutal. But I mean, he also took that on the chin. He put up a, a post like right after that. Like, well, that sucked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he takes it on the chin better than. Anybody. He's got a great personality. Yeah. And Mas Vidal said, it's not even over. Mas Vidal <laughs> said, listen, he goes, I don't like that dude. He goes, if I see him at Whole Foods, he's getting smacked up. Oh, shit. Like, can you imagine the guy flatlines you with the fucking fastest ever KO in UFC history, and he's promising you that if you're looking for Brussels sprouts, he's going to smack <laughs> you in the face. Yeah. Oh, man. He already gave him two extra shots to the face, which, yeah. by the way, people are giving him shit for. It. It's That's his job. Yes. It's go till the referee stops you. Well, especially when there's a heated contest like that where you, you talk so much shit and he insulted masvidal's manhood he talked about his ethnicity talked he said a lot of shit that really pissed masvidal off right and he's like why and he had a statement about it's like why is it okay to talk all this shit online about me before the fight but then after i knock him out i'm i'm not supposed to showboat i'm not supposed to celebrate get the fuck out of here if you got a problem with it stop him winners get to do what they want he's ice cold man when he said and it's not over if i see (laughs) getting smacked i was like oh my god Jesus. that is so intense savage <laughs> savage that, that move was... though was so brilliant because Askren o 
always grabs your legs. Mm-hmm. And if you get that close to him, he's going to think like almost like he has to grab you. It's right. His, it's his instinct. And you saw him like I saw somebody put a video up of him practicing mm-hmm. it. He would he rounded it like out to the outside mm-hmm. and then acted as if it was going to be just a normal step. And then it's two quick steps and a yep. knee. Oh, and you see how stiff he was before he hit the... I'm sure you saw, but damn, he was stiff. Yeah, his head was up and one leg was up. I mean, he was stiff. That was a... Here here he is practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was an absolutely ruthless KO. And it's the fastest ever UFC KO at five seconds, but really he was out cold at two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just took the ref a few seconds to get there. Yeah, whatever, maybe three, I mm-hmm. guess, maybe. I mean, whatever it took for him to run over there. It seems like two seconds. Yeah. It was like one, 1,000, two, it's over. Out. Yeah. Well, Fuck. Well, he, at least he got a lot man. of FaceTime before he got in the ring. Yeah. Have you ever thought about fighting as big as you are? <sighs> no. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I messed around with like wrestling and stuff. And I, I worked with John Jones with uh, the supplement company for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of fighters. I know a lot of old school wrestlers. I've got a lot of like friends in the industry, but um, I'm fucking. Old school wrestler wrestlers or pro wrestlers? Pro wrestlers. Sorry. Yeah. 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 They're totally different thing. It's yeah. just. It's but still, there. that would be a great avenue for you too, right? I did think about that for a while too. It, it's just uh, contractually, it's just. It's a shit show. I'm and sure like, injuries and all that stuff too would take you out of competition. But plus, they want where I'm at now. I started and worked my ass off just to get like a little piece of that pie. And when you go to the WWE or, or some something like that, you have to step back all the mm. way, all the way to the ground level. You have to earn your stripes, and I, I understand that. But like, I, I have I have a son, I have a family, I take care of people. I can't mm. give up everything that I've earned, like basically breaking myself for five years just right. to crawl back up and hopefully you know end up where I am. But you know, it's it's a cool thing. I also I was a big fan of wrestling when I was a kid. You know, back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I love watching it. One of my buddies right now, a guy who was a strong man with me, his name's Braun Strowman, and he's in the WWE. He's a, he's a badass, so I love watching him do it sometimes. Do you uh, follow Pujanowski fighting in MMA? I haven't I haven't seen a lot of his MMA stuff. I know I know him, and he's I've still watched active. him. He's he's freaking crazy, man. He's fucking people up too, man. He's he's really getting better. Like when he first started fighting, he was just this giant dude who was just swinging arm punches and if he hit you he would fuck you up but he got crazy and he decided to fight tim sylvia who's a former ufc heavyweight champion and tim beat the shit out of him it was horrible wow like i I don't know why he thought he could beat tim sylvia he thought that tim was washed up or older how how old is tim now well how long has he been out of the game he's definitely in his 40s yeah um i don't know how old is tim Tim's giant now. He's yeah, like four hundred pounds. Forty-three. See, that, see, that's me. I'm four hundred pounds. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I cut both my legs off to make two sixty-five. <laughs> well, I think that's so weird that they have a two sixty-five cutoff because right. heavyweight is supposed to be the biggest guy. Right. Like in boxing, you remember that dude Valuev who uh, fought? He who did he fight? Did he fight Holyfield. He was like seven feet tall, this giant ass Russian dude. He was fucking enormous, his boxer, but he was well over 300 pounds. Seven foot tall, he'd be skinny at 300. Yeah, but he was big, man. He had gigantitis or whatever it Mm -hmm, is when you have mm -hmm. a pituitary gland tumor. Yeah. What is that? See if you find that guy, Valuev. I think he fought Holyfield. I think Holyfield beat him for the title, which is even crazier when you think that Holyfield started his career at 190. He started his career as a cruiserweight. Really? 95 pounds. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Here's the guy. 
Look at Jesus. this. Evander Holyfield and Valuev. And this is in 2008. Look at the size of that guy, man. I mean, get the fuck out of here. He's so big, man. But I think when guys are that big, like with that giantitis or gigantitis, yeah. they, they're always hurting. Like yeah. everything hurts. Your yeah. knees hurt, your elbows. It's like you can't really move that good. Yeah. You know? I knew a lot of guys. Andre the Giant was my hero growing up. Like mm. he was like my first real hero. And um, I knew a lot of guys who had known him. I actually met uh, Roddy Roddy Piper like three weeks before he passed. And I uh, oh, was wearing man. an Andre the Giant shirt. And we, we got to sit in a VIP section at a, at a baseball game. And he was badass, man. He was so <sighs> fucking cool. I wanted to get that guy on the podcast. And he, Tony Hinchcliffe was actually trying to set it up. But then he died. Yeah. He used to go to the comedy store a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he even went on stage a couple times there. Yeah, yeah. he would just he tell stories, awesome. man. He was awesome. He was he was like one of the first guys also to cross over into movies. Obviously, Andre was first. He right. did a, a few guest Princess spots Bride. in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he was a star of They Live. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Which is a the John Carpenter movie. That's a great fucking movie. Huge. Yeah. yeah. So he was in that too. So cool. Yeah, he was a fun guy, man. Yeah, we yeah. actually. Um, what I was, what we're doing, uh, the whole basically the reason I was here to talk about a TV show this uh, next uh, season, season two, we're gonna do we. So I'll start over. We uh, the whole TV show is based on us doing acts of strength throughout uh, for strongmen throughout history. So and what like, is the the name of the show called? History Strongest Man. And strongest man in history. And this is so. an ESPN show? It's on history. The oh, history on, channel. Oh, it's on history channel. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So um one of the episodes next season we're hoping to do is Andre the Giant, which we're gonna talk about. Um but what we do is we travel to where a historical strongman lived or uh, where he did this famous feat of strength and we we recreate those feats of strength and we kinda talk about who they are as people and stuff and bring to light like a lot of the the cool aspects that most people lose. So like it'd be cool to you know, take somebody like Andre the Giant and, like, meet with his daughter and figure out, like, little parts that people haven't really paid attention to and bring that to light. Mm. We did um, – one of my favorite episodes we did was this guy, Peter Francisco, who was uh, – he was born in – I think it was uh, Columbia. I'm, 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 I'm mistaken. Peter there Francisco. Is. There we go. The Virginia Giant in Portugal. There you go. So he was born to, like um, – a wealthy family and was kidnapped and sold as a slave and he ended up uh in in America and at 16 he signed up to fight for uh in the revolutionary war he was 6 foot 7 6 foot 8 just this giant of a man especially 1776 wow. yeah there was nobody that big back then Huge. you know like a lot of people don't realize jack johnson former heavyweight champion who they called uh, the galveston giant i think he was only 63 or 62 or six. Pull, pull up jack johnson see how big he was Towered over everybody else he fought. Yeah. Like Rocky Marciano was 185 pounds, 189 right. pounds, like somewhere around there. See? It says he was only six foot tall. But what? That's what Google popped up from his like Wikipedia. Hmm. Um, I think he's a little taller than that. But he was a giant back then. Right. They called him the Galveston Giant. Well, everybody was so poor then. They didn't have any food. Right. You know, the turn of the century. Yeah, everybody's yeah. struggling. Six foot tall is whatever. That's crazy. <laughs> See? That's crazy. Joe Lewis was 6'2", Jack Dempsey 6'1". Wow. And Marciano, I think, was 5'10". Five, <laughs> five, I believe he was 5'. I think Marciano was 5'10", 185 pounds. It's crazy because Jack Johnson towered over everybody and was fucking everybody up. I mean, it's a food thing, man. No one had any fucking food back then. If you look at the size of the people that fought during the Civil War, they were tiny-ass people. Right. Like, really tiny, like 125-pound men. 
I didn't even go back further. All the skeletons, the people. Like, look at that picture of him. Like, they're making it out like he's giant. Like, look at the picture on the right. Like, look at his back. <laughs> look at his back. He is he is pretty jacked. Pretty but, yeah, jacked. sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's je- definitely jacked for, I mean, look, he's, he's big. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in comparison to a real heavyweight today, no. like, if you put him next to Anthony Joshua, right. you know, like, Joshua would be towering over Deontay Wilder, who's six, was he, six, seven? Yeah. Yeah. Or Francis Ngannou, you know, big giant dudes, real legit giant dudes, people right. that weren't that big back then. So that guy, the wrestler, the, the the Portuguese guy, I mean, that must have been unbelievable to see someone that big back Insane. then. Insane. Yeah. And what's cool is, like, there's a lot of cool things that you find out. Like, George Washington had a quote on his gravestone that was said that uh, there were several battles that we would not have had go the same way, and, and we don't know if we would have even been able to win the war if it wasn't for him. Wow. He was a one-man army. You know? And for George Washington to say that, that's huge. That's crazy. So it was cool to get to talk about him and, and all the things he had done and uh, bring you know show a little love for a guy who I'd never even heard of. You know? yeah. And like there was the story. He was on the battlefield, and uh, he was pulling people off of horses and like basically beating him to death because he had ran out of bullets. <laughs> so, and then as he goes marching up towards this guy who pulls his musket out to shoot at him and the musket misfires, he takes the musket from him and beats him to death with his own musket. Oh, my God. Stuff like that. Or when the when the battle was over, they had a cannon stuck in the mud. And this is one of the feats of strength we did. They had a cannon stuck in the mud, and he didn't want the British to end up with it. So he just yanks the thing off of the wheels, puts it on his shoulder, and marches off with it. How much did it weigh? It depends. Depends on the story that you believe. When, when we went, I don't want to get too much into it, but when we went, that's the biggest question was, because anybody who's ever lifted a bunch of weight and thrown things around, it's like, that sounds pretty crazy, because cannons can go from anywhere of, like, like a normal field cannon will be like 300 pounds, but they've got field cannons from that era that are 1,000 pounds, and and <laughs> depending on who tells the story, that's what you found, which we'll, we'll be trying to figure out with it. How the fuck would you even get that on your shoulder if it's in the mud? Exactly. So you're staying in the mud, so you don't have a firm ground to, to push off against. Right. So we're in the squashing around the mud, and you got this giant cannon you're trying to throw on your shoulders. No handles. Fucking a man. And right after battle too, the guy was the guy was a savage. It was it was really cool. And like afterwards, he he ended up a wealthy man and was taken care of. And you know, and it was it was a really cool story. So it was. I was like actually pretty proud to get to tell that one. And That's awesome. A lot of them were like that. How did you get involved with doing strongman competitions? Um, I played football. I played football for a long time, and then you know, football was done with me, and I basically I was just. I didn't want to have a real job. <laughs> Just to be totally honest, I'm not a I'm not a nine to five sitting in an office guy. I don't think anybody you know? is. I don't think so either. I really don't. No, it's a terrible way to live. And so, and there's people listening right now. They're like, "That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Fuck this place. Get out. Yeah. Get out while you can. Get I'm out. F- I'm telling you, I convinced Run. one of my best friends to quit his job and come with me to China for a week. And then, of course, you have to struggle and find your way. Yeah. But then after that, it was it was the best thing he's ever done. Yeah, you know? Be- definitely better off being a nomad. Yeah, just find something. You you be you'll, you'll feel better. You know exactly. Like I was talking to a friend of mine today about Thailand and about uh, it. Like wh- when I went to Thailand last year, kind of like reshaped my idea of like what makes people happy, because everybody over there is wearing flip flops mm-hmm. and fucking shorts. Everything is real cheap. Food's real cheap. There's no extravagance, and everybody's happy. Yeah. And like uh, my friend John Wayne Parr, he says it's the land of smiles. That's what he calls it. 
Hmm. And I was like, okay, he lived there and trained there for a long time. But I'm like, well, I, I, I didn't get it until I went there. And I'm like, God damn it. Everybody's happy. Hmm. But you'll drive by. You'll see like a fucking kid, a baby sitting on the gas tank of a motorcycle while a guy's driving and the, the lady's behind him. And she's she's holding on to the guy's waist. And yeah. he's like got one hand on the handlebars and one hand on a baby. And I'm like, what in the fuck am I seeing? And they're wearing hmm. flip flops. Yep. And they're just, everyone's happy. Yeah. It's I weird. haven't been to Thailand, but it's like that in parts of China, like rural rural parts of China. It's a lot like that. I've seen like people tied to each other on a on a motorcycle just so that people wouldn't fall off. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. What a terrible idea! <laughs> it's so bad. Bill Burr sent me a fucking horrible video yesterday of this guy. These two guys are riding like assholes on a bridge, like with motorcycles weaving in and out of traffic. And one guy loses control of the bike and he hits the cement barrier on the edge of the bridge and then goes off the edge. Oh my god! Yeah, just watch. Watch it bang when he flies off. Uh, it's like all I've been seeing the last week, too. We just did this. Uh, oh, here it is. Jamie got it already. Jamie's the fastest Googler in the West. You're on it. See, these guys are flying. Look at this. Boom. Oh, oh he touched, too. Oh. Yeah. You see him put his foot down and try and collect himself? Watch. <laughs> yeah. And watch when you see when they pull over and you get to look at how far this motherfucker dropped. Like, he's done, oh, Zero. Shit. That is. That is. That's that guy's got his hands Florida. in his pockets. Of course it's Florida. Looks like it. Sure it's Florida. <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs> it's got to be Florida. He probably landed right on an alligator. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's shoot up. Yeah, I read a story in Florida about a... It was in Tampa. That? It was. Tampa, Florida. Of course. Called it. Of course, man. Florida's a fucking mess, man. Dude, I was there for two weeks. I was scared shitless the whole time. I've been everywhere. It's Florida. I was like paying attention to everyone walking around me. <laughs> people on bat salts eating people's yeah, faces. Exactly. Everything fucked up happens there. They uh, they just issued a, a shoot to kill on iguanas. They're trying to get people to kill as many iguanas. Apparently, there's so many iguanas there that they're digging holes under bridges and roads and roads are collapsing. Yeah, buildings are collapsing because like, they're digging they're digging trenches under the foundations. That's so crazy. And they're big, like five feet long. What do you got? What's the smile <laughs> on his face? Florida iguana hunter mistakes pool boy for iguana oh shoots God. him. <laughs> Florida, you got to get your shit together, guys. It's, Come on. It's not going to happen. My sister lives in Florida. She's probably listening to this. Yeah. Laura, get out of there. Run. <laughs> Run for your lives. It's a fucking goofy place to live, man. It it's, really is. It's so crazy. It's a goofy place to live. But for people who like like chaos and partying, it's fun. Yeah. That's, you know? that's what it's all about. Um, yeah. My friend Billy Corbin, he uh, made uh, Cocaine Cowboys 1 and 2. He really? fucking loves it down there. Mm -hmm. And he's a smart guy. And he lives in Miami and he just fucking loves it. He, he, he enjoys the chaos. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you can separate yourself enough that you don't feel crazy on the inside. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know I, how you can. I, I couldn't do that here in L.A. Like, I mean, L.A. is not even a quarter of that. But, like, I lived in Playa del Rey and in Sherman Oaks for two, two and a half years. And I was like, I got to get the fuck you out of here. You know what the problem with this place is? There's so much instability because there's so many people that want to be something other than what they are. Right. That's a big part of this place. Yeah. Whereas, like, you live in Texas now. Yeah. Those are just those are people. Yeah. Those are real people. I fucking love Texas. Yeah. They're they are people. They don't have any illusions of becoming famous from some fucking reality show. Or if they do, they're the anomaly. Right. They're not the norm. Out here, it seems like everybody, well, not everybody, but a giant percentage of the people that came here came here with some dream. 
They came with some dream of being an actor, or some dream of being famous, some dream of, you know, right. of making it. And then they got jobs. And so there's this like weird instability and this, this need for acceptance and this need for recognition. And, you know, you go to Montana, you don't get any of that. Right. You get regular people. You go to Colorado. Well, Colorado is now filled with stoners. It's Colorado is crazy. Now. It's getting crazy. A, little, a little different. Yeah. Well, now, now that the shrooms are all legal there, <laughs> yeah. too, I'm wondering what's going to take They're time. trying to bring in wolves. My friend Johnny Hamilton told me they're trying to bring it. They're trying to stop mountain lion hunting and trying to bring in wolves. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, they brought in wolves in the '90s to Yellowstone. I remember, um, and that went really badly, right? Well, it depends on who you ask. The wildlife people think it went really well because it did a lot of great things in terms of like it preserved um, a lot of plant species that were getting decimated by elk and deer. Hmm. The problem is like it happened so quickly that the elk and deer really didn't understand what was going on until they were decimated. Right, and they, you know, in some places they've lost more than fifty percent of their populations. Oh, but then other people say that they really should have never been that high in the first place it's hard to understand who's because like you try to be objective but you know i hunt and i eat a lot of elk and deer so for me i i, I hear it from hunters that it's a terrible thing but then you hear it from people that are concerned with balance and wildlife ecology and a, a balanced ecosystem they think it's a good thing hmm. and so it's a very it's very controversial they don't think there ever should have been these giant herds of elk you know, like a thousand elk in a field. They think it's, that's un that's unnatural, huh. and that's akin to what um, apparently what they experienced when a lot of the Native Americans were wiped out by plague when the European soldiers arrived. When they talk about these great herds of buffalo, like millions of buffalo, they think that the reason why there were so many buffalo was because like literally ninety percent of the Native Americans were killed by European disease. Right. And so these buffalo for the for the during that time period that happened, they just bred like my friend Dan Flores wrote a book on it. Really, really interesting shit because most people just assume that that's just how it was back then. The buffalo were everywhere, and then the white man came and shot all the buffalo. But apparently the buffalo were only all over the place because the white man came and gave diseases to the Native Americans. Right. It's fucking nuts, man. That so is. the and balance issue. So I don't know if it's a good idea to bring wolves around people that are on mushrooms either. That, that too. <laughs> if it was me, I'd try and pet it, you know. Like, We're good, buddy. You know? I'm reaching out to the forest. <laughs> I have a friend of mine. She lives in uh, a place uh, in the, the mountains above Boulder. And uh, there's mountain lions in my neighborhood. Like uh, when I was living up there, a mountain lion ate my fucking dog. And uh, she, uh, she was like, well, I just set my intention when I go into the forest <laughs> and I let the forest know. I embrace it. I'm here for you. She was a yoga instructor. Yeah. She might be, she might be a little crazy. Rest in peace. She's still alive, <laughs> apparently. Still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Satnam. Namaste, mountain lion. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. worked out great for Siegfried and Roy, right? There's already Colorado already has some wolves that have been in Colorado. They they're they're entering in the fringes and from other areas where they're they're present, like Wyoming, you know, in Idaho. There's there's wolves that are neighboring Colorado that will eventually make their way into Colorado if they right. give it enough time. The reintroduction of wolves, the issue with that is like it's abrupt and the animals might not know what's going on and they also make a lot of money off of their hunting um the, the, like the the tags and all, all the the economy that comes from people that hunt there colorado's right. a big hunting state mm -hmm. so 
It was uh, last I heard. It was those. It was the big Arctic wolves they were bringing into Montana, right? Like yeah, the giant ones. They're bringing in from Canada into Montana. Yeah. Right. Okay, so but, that's the same. But they're just wolves. Like it's weird. It's weird. It's a gray wolf or it's a gray wolf. You know, it's it's just a wolf. It's like, uh-huh. but they are bigger when they live in colder climates because it's a mammal thing. Like mammals, right. like deers. If you like a deer in Texas. South Texas, a deer, a big deer is like 100 plus pounds, 150 pounds. Right. Whereas if you go to Saskatchewan, it's cold as fuck. Those deer are like 300 pounds when they're fully grown. Right. Like a big male is like a 300 pound deer, which is crazy. Yeah. They're more than double the size, but it's because of the cold. Right. I never thought about it. That makes sense. I love Texas. Yeah, it's nice. What, what part do you live in? I'm in New Braunfels, which is right outside of San Antonio. Oh, nice. I've um, never been to San Antonio. It's nice, man. Uh, San Antonio is a cool city. We're actually right between Austin and San Antonio. Oh, that's and, great. Oh, it's perfect. We, I heard there's like that Riverwalk area. supposed yeah. to be dope. That's cool. I mean, that's like the, the tourist thing, you know? It's like, um, it's what they do. It's like going to see the Hollywood sign. Oh. But like, there's if you if you want to have a good time, just let me know when you come to Texas and we'll go do some redneck shit. Well, my bre- my friend John Dudley was just there with the Black Rifle Coffee guys. Yeah. And uh, they went to some ranch that's just outside of San Antonio that the fucking astronauts used to go to. Mm. He said there's these like, photos of Neil Armstrong with a fucking deer. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Texas, is a, that is a uniquely American place. Like when other, I think when other people think of America, they, they really think of Texas. Most people. I mean, yeah. I, I, if they're thinking America, they'll say that it'll be Texas. But yeah. if, it's, if it's like Hollywood. Would, they'll say california you know right those are the two some yeah. people like every once in a while think new york but, but i think, think when people think about like crazy gun toting <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, screaming yeah. at football you know right. like that's texas yeah guaranteed yeah 100 drive proud of it too well it's a fun place yeah you know a lot of fun a lot less regulations a lot more um self uh, self-accountability you know? Yeah. Well, they have fucking zebras and giraffes and shit everywhere. Yeah. And they're loose. Yeah. Running around. <laughs> mm-hmm. I work with um with a, 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 a just became accredited zoo that works a lot with confiscated animals. Like they've got hundreds of animals that basically some redneck was like, oh, I'm gonna have a white lion. Right? <laughs> Can't take care of it, so they they take it. These are folks who uh, they got high in this abandoned house, and uh, they were in the house in Texas. And uh, they're wandering around this house smoking weed, and they walked into a room with a fucking tiger in a cage. Oh, my <laughs> they God. Called, they called the police, <laughs> and they had the police come and, and rescue this fucking tiger, but this was in an abandoned house. Oh, shit. The yeah. house? Oh, my God. Yeah, there's just a t- I mean, it, it, they weren't sure. Like, here, you find it here? Oh, you got these goddamn pop-up ads. They're getting craftier and craftier with these pop-ups. And then you don't know if, like, clicking exits is going to download yeah. something now. Texas man, look at this. Texas man enters abandoned home to smoke weed, finds tiger inside instead. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was hallucinating. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was in a rinky-dink cage in the home's garage. Ugh. But it's weird when you treat animals like property, you know, when you can just do whatever you want with them. That's and that's how Texas, up. that's how Texas views uh, exotics. Anything that's not like if you're if you have white-tailed deer in Texas, they have pretty liberal tags. Like you mm. can shoot a good number of them, but you have to get tags. Right. But if you have like uh, a black buck, which is a African animal, yeah. or a neil guy or something like that, you shoot as many as you want. Right. Yeah, they just you do whatever you want. You sell them to your friends. Yes. What does it say? It was secured only with a screwdriver and a nylon strap. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I hope this guy got some kind of fucking punishment. The guy who owned the fucking house. Yeah. That's a dick move, man. Yeah. That's a beautiful tiger. Yeah, there's something really fucked up about seeing tigers locked up. I, I, I don't even like yeah. the fact that they feed them. I mean, I feel like you they should just hunt. let something loose in there. Yeah, that's what I was saying, too. Yeah. That's what I was saying. But from, from what I was rolling. told. Yeah, exactly. What I was told was that that was just not uh, PC, like it wasn't acceptable. I'm sure. Yeah. Do, you, uh, do you ever see the footage of uh, when the U.S. soldiers overtook Baghdad? They had... Huh. Uh, they had zoos in baghdad and what they would do is that the lions knew it was happening so they would uh let these goats out and these goats would be wandering around and then they would open the door and the lions would sprint because they knew exactly what because it was feeding time uh-huh. so these goats had no idea they let the goats out and the goats would be like oh just hanging out being a goat <laughs> and then they would open up this fucking door and u.s soldiers filmed it And these lions just make this fucking mad sprint to these goats and just maul them. And that's how they ate. Uh huh. People got pissed. People shouldn't be pissed. That's what it is. If you watch a fucking, uh, you want you you go and see a parrot eating seeds. Mm. Well, that's what it eats. Right. You know, maybe you really identify with seeds, and you feel like that's brutal murder, (laughs) murder of seeds. Yeah. But that lion wants to do that. That's what makes them a lion. It makes them happy. And it's it's what they have to do, you know? It's like there's a lot more um, people getting publicity. Not publicity, but there's a lot more people showing that side of things, at least. I was, we were talking about right before we came on. There's this uh, Instagram page called Nature is Metal. Yes, I love that it's page. fucking badass, isn't it? He got it? taken down for a while. He, had a, he got back up, but he's, he has one of the very best pages but, on, the, why, on How Instagram. can you take it down? That's all. He didn't. Yes. He didn't. He had nothing to do with any of those situations. Mm-hmm. It's not like he like had some kind of ulterior motive and came in and put these animals in the situation. That's just reality. Dude, Instagram's cracking down hard lately. I don't understand it. They, t- they take all kinds of stuff down for virtually no reason. Hmm. It's weird. More, I think all these is, someone has to just to complain enough and they'll take it down. Yeah. They need to get that fixed where it's instead of like a computer. I understand it's a lot, right? It's a it's a lot of yeah. people. So having a computer regulate that just doesn't work. No, it's not just a computer regulate that. If someone could target you, like say maybe you could be doing something and they just decide you're offensive, yeah. and then just start like make a targeted campaign to complain about your content. Yeah. Yeah, I saw one of those uh, tattoo girls. She got uh, her her t- her post removed, just having her hand ab- above her crotch. Like cl- covering her crotch, her legs spread, and showing all her tattoos, and they they took down her her page. Like she's, but she's covered up. Makes no sense. I mean, she doesn't have pants on, but you can't see anything. All right. The fuck, are we doing? Isn't this America? Censoring legs. The fuck kind of shit is this? Texas that's needs to open a this. new Instagram. What's that? I say that's different than what Nature's Metal is, though. He might have gotten in trouble for what? taking like photographers' copyrighted works and reposting it. It's not it. different huh. because she's wildlife. She's being wild. <laughs> exactly, and that's her natural habitat. Yeah, she's God being wild. Damn it, young Jamie. Jesus, Jamie. <laughs> no, I, I was talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday. Were you a communist? No, yeah. like if, this <laughs> selective, right selective enforcement of those copyright laws. At what point? If it's if like you know YouTube, some stuff is good. Even on Instagram, some stuff they let go, and mm-hmm. some stuff they don't. Yeah. At what point are are people supposed to understand what is okay and what is not okay? Right. Yeah, it's hard. Well, you also have to think of it. How many people are on Instagram? Let's just guess. I don't know. Let's guess. How many people you guy. think? Uh, I'm not either. But fuck. Uh, let's see. We think a hundred million. One hundred fifty. More than that. More than Over- that. Probably close to. A billion, maybe really? five hundred million, like a, somewhere in that range, I would say. All right, uh, I'm going to go with three hundred million. Uh, three hundred million and one, please. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie, you going with a billion? 
Yeah. How many people are on Instagram? Yeah. One billion people use Instagram every month. Jesus yes. Christ. But that's one billion views. Yeah. Wow. But, I mean, but what about all the people that are on that don't even use yeah. it? So it could be like two. Does that include know? the Russians? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one billion. Yeah, it's a lot. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Well, Twitter still lets porn happen. You right. can still have porn on Twitter. What do I, they say? It's just because it has a 18 plus like warning or something like that? Doesn't even. No. My, my feed... I uh, I'll be scrolling through my feed like I got to make sure my kids don't ever grab my phone because if they're looking through my my phone I fall my the age thing might be in there though because when you sign your account you say how old you are and like, oh, how much okay. you built into okay. the system that makes sense yeah. a lot of those things are protections for people that are under thirteen even I don't know why there's that internet rule but like there is some government protections they need to be watching out for the minors that are online and that makes sense they can see or but does that is that the case with like you porn or places like that you just go there yeah, I don't know. But come on, you don't know. I, know you. I don't know where that. Why if the kid, like a kid knows what porn know what it is. is? Yeah, yeah. I don't know the, what the is line. This? I don't know the line. Is Mystic you porn you is, speak of? What is this porn? What are you, what are you, what are you talking you, about? How do you get there? What? Huh? <laughs> uh, use a browser. Do you know what a browser is? <laughs> well, when the virtual porn uh, fucking world opens up, that's when things are going to get very squirrely. Duncan said it's too real. Duncan uh, had a HTC vibe, and he was watching r- porn with the, the, the helmet on, yeah. which I only want to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> watch him standing <laughs> yeah, there. That's what I was going to say. Standing there, <laughs> beating off, looking at a 17-foot-tall vagina in front of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> a haptic suit would be the next step, and those are here, so I don't oh, know what yeah. that's like if they synced it up. Yeah, those. The, I mean, I've done that. The place we talked about, the void. You ever uh, do a virtual reality place? I haven't. It's pretty dope. They have a new one that I just saw in Vegas. That some new one that was looked like you go into a warehouse and you're shooting at things, but you uh, you put on this helmet and you enter into this room. And uh, there was two different ones that I went on. One was a Star Wars one, and one was a Wreck-It Ralph one. Nice. And it's crazy. I mean, you look around. I mean, the entire thing is animated. Like, you're above you, below you. You see the ground. You see stormtroopers. They shoot at you. You feel the the laser beams hit your chest because you're wearing a vest that, that, like, vibrates when you get hit. And you walk into a room where there's fire and you feel the heat. It's it's getting really interesting. When you're in that, like, uh, say this room was empty, would you walk around as if it was uh, yes. like an entirety, the entirety of the room? Yeah. yeah, you could walk around. They have it set up so that they have rooms that you go into where you open doors or doors open for you, and you see the door open like in virtual reality, but a real door does open while that fake door that you're seeing nice. opens and then you go into it and then they have uh, these plastic guns that you pick up you so you actually pick up the gun but when you're holding it it looks like a stormtrooper weapon or yeah. you know like a star wars weapon that's cool man it's getting weird it's yeah. going to it's going to be weird but but i think what's interesting is like that kind of stuff is so much less satisfying to, to bring it back to like what you do than like Something that you have to really work for, and it's really difficult, and it's a right. very visceral, real feel. Like the feeling of accomplishment you get when you do something virtual, will never be able to compare right. with the f- the feeling that you do when you do a, a physical, visceral thing. When right. it's, you feel it in your fucking bones. Yeah, you feel it. You yeah. live it. I, I uh, when I was doing World's Strongest Man in Botswana, Africa, I tore my bicep and. Um, 
I, I just was getting beat up over and over again. I was just so wrecked. My body wasn't accepting. Because I, I went from football to strongman. And in football, we had never done deadlifts. It was all hand cleans and power cleans. Which, by the way, just quick little tip. Deadlifts, if you're, if you're deadlifting to be a better deadlifter, fine. If you're not doing that for deadlift's sake, then don't fucking do it. The risk to reward ratio is a joke. For deadlifts? For deadlifts. Really? And a lot of people aren't going to like that I'm saying that. But if you go into any NFL uh, gym, in any division one college football gym and any athletics where people are actually getting paid and it matters what they're doing they're not deadlifting really they're hand cleaning and power cleaning why is that because the the risk to reward ratio like there's it's so hard to be a great deadlifter and to not risk your low back and oh. to, to be using your upper back properly and you know just there's so many little uh um chances for you to get hurt you know hamstrings deadlift that was that was me uh my first world strongest man. I was the only rookie in the finals, bro. China. How much yeah. weight is that? That was eight hundred and eighty pounds, four hundred uh, kilos. Me and my pink chucks. Uh, and you're. I weigh less than that now. I'm less of a bowling ball, though. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. The, the, well, they made those weights ridiculous looking too. Right. On, well, none, that right there is uh, something we overhead press too. So they'll take right. some of the weights out of it, and it's so flimsy when you clean it. It's like basically like holding that earthquake bar that you have out there. Oh, really? It's just like that, and it's it's fucking brutal. So they take weight out of that round thing. Like, yeah. What is in that round thing? There's well, there's several different attachments to it. So maybe some of them weigh different. I've never like been a part of that, but uh, like either that or it unscrews at the end, and they take weights out of it and i'm not positive exactly so you leave the nfl or you leave pr- playing football yeah. and you d- were you in the nfl no i had a brief shot at it never never actually got to do it no it was so what what kind of transition like what is the transition to get went, into strongman went from that to uh i was a security guard at, uh, in santa cruz there's a place called the catalyst which is where i worked for like six years it's a really cool bar slash concert venue so I was like spoiled. I got to hang out with Rob Zombie and Willie really? Nelson and shit. Yeah, it was wow. cool, man. I was spoiled. Rob Zombie, I geeked out really hard for. That's dope. It was fun. Yeah, we're working on getting him here. Dude, he'd yeah. be awesome. He'd yeah, be I'm sure awesome. he would be. Yeah, yeah he was in, really cool. I'm, I'm sure he is. Like, He's really into horror movies, man. Dude, and he does the best ones. Yeah. I love his horror movies, man. They're I'm, wild. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. He's like the Quentin Tarantino of horror. Yeah. It's awesome. But it's such a weird transition, you know? Yeah. You going from being a rock star to a horror film director. Yeah. He's just crazy in the head. And his brother <laughs> is actually the lead singer of Power Man 5000. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. In so, the family. So did, I went to security and I was working there. And a buddy of mine who I'd played junior college ball with was just obsessed with Strongman. And I'd, I'd never heard of it. I never watched it. Like, when I was growing up, we were poor. Like, there was 10 of us in a three-bedroom house. And from high school on, like, we didn't have electricity. So, like, like we didn't watch TV. We, we would play outside. We had a trampoline. You didn't have it. electricity in high school? We, on the weekends, my dad worked for Caterpillar, Cashman Equipment. So, on the weekends, he'd bring home a little generator, and he'd plug that in, and we'd have, like, three things we could use. But that was Whoa. it. Like, the hot water heater would work for the weekend, and then, like, maybe the TV on Saturday night or something, like TGIF or something. Fuck. But, I mean, it wasn't – I mean, as a kid, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Like, you just go play with your brothers outside. Right. So, but, like, I never knew what Strongman was because of that. I mean, I had no idea. So, he was obsessed with it, and he kept trying to get me to do it. And then uh, went went home and Googled it, checked it out. Actually, I don't know if it was Google. I might have YouTubed it. Back then, it was, who knows what we had. But, um, you know, I I was excited and went and tried it out. And first day, the amateur – 
world record at log press was like 320 pounds at the time. And I, I had no idea, but the first day I hit 330 pounds and just <laughs> put it down. And I looked over at my buddy and I was like, you know, how'd that look? And he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I was like, he's been trying his whole life to do this. <laughs> I just came in and took it. And then uh, eight months later, I mean, six months later, I was competing in England and I had my pro card. Two months after that, I was in China at that photo right there, World's Strongest Man. I was the only rookie in the finals. So is it the log thing? Is it the, the awkwardness of like holding yeah. onto a log and getting it under your hands? And Yeah. And it's it's actually it's a lot healthier for your shoulders. Instead of being uh, – how would you call that with your hands right there? Instead of si- – Pronated, pronated or supinated. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. forget which one is which. Yeah, we're the worst. I like it when trainers <laughs> use that, though. I go, oh, yeah. you know what you're talking this about. This guy's got his shit together. <laughs> this fat dude eating french fries. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, um, so it's better for you. To do it's it it's much better for your wrists and your shoulders. Makes sense. And, and also like, that's what my, there it goes. Jamie's yeah. showing us pronated grip, grip, supinated grip. So right. yeah. Neutral grip is much better for your wrists and shoulders. Mm. Okay. Like, so handles like this, they say that right. with bench press as well. Yeah. Like those, uh, benches, they have new bars. The that football have bars from yeah. Rogue. Yeah. Yeah. Those They're are dope. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Rogue makes good equipment. Yeah. I use all their shit. Yeah. My house and here. I yeah. know. I was and then they don't pay me and I, it's not free. Yeah. I buy all of it. They're, Same here. I don't best. work with them either, but they're the best. Yeah. It's the best shit. So, um, I, we went to Worlds and then, oh yeah, I was, I totally lost the whole game. Yeah, so you thing. won, first of all, you beat the fucking world record log press the first the amateur time. Amateur world record. Amateur, yeah. amateur the world fuck record. Ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your amateur. first attempt. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it was good. My and then what's the pro record right now? The the American record's been mine for four years, and that was two hundred and eleven kilos, and that's what is that? Pound fucking four sixty eight, something like that. Is this you here? This is me. Yeah, this is in Australia in front of Arnold. Jesus Christ! Arnold it. was there. Yeah, that's yeah, his show. Yeah, yeah. That's his competition. This is my competition. This is so. This is a log press right here. Yep, that's a skinny log too. This was a hard log to use, but uh, this was a buddy of mine had that record and he passed away, and I wanted to be the one to take it from him after he had died, and that that was this moment. Jesus Christ, that looks heavy. And you show me show off a little bit too. I like to do this after I get it up. Wow. So that's the world record. That American record. Who's the world record? The world record. I like to hold it up there and talk shit. <laughs> Every time you see a record broken, the guy gets it to here, and then he just throws it down. Right. I'm like, that don't count. That doesn't count. So the, the world record is uh, 219 kilos, I believe. Something like that. Something, something right around there. It might have been two two twenty. How close are you, are you to that? I can I can break it right now. Yeah, yeah. In January, break that shit, I Robert. I'm going to London. <laughs> I'm going to give London a little introduction to Texas. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Texas pride and Texas powerlifting for sure. Wow, I'm excited. So you go and you break the American amateur record right away. Right, first first attempt out. And is that when you felt like fuck? I could do this shit. Yeah. I went home and uh, I told my, my, my fiance at the time, we, we were living in a studio and we were just broke. And I was volunteer coaching and I was uh, for high school, which is my passion, high school football. And then I was working at that club at night. So I didn't have a lot of time, but I was like, I can make this happen. Like with, with my personality and this is a platform, I can do this. And everybody kept telling me, there's no money in Strongman. There isn't any. And there really wasn't. There wasn't like, there was no money in Strongman until 
I made money in Strongman. Like, really? Brought it into, there were several other people, but like what we did was we cultivated a whole new era of Strongman. Whereas before, like even like Pujanowski was a guy who got a lot of attention because he looked just shredded, you know, jacked. But I mean, if you, if you, he's got like a Cribs episode that they did in Poland and he's got this tiny little house with like little knickknacks and stuff he's so proud of. It's really weird. It's crazy. But like, like even then he's five time world's strongest man winner. There's really no money in that. I would have thought he would have been balling out of control. You would think so. Because I know who he is. I feel like if I know who you are and you do something on TV, you must be rich. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) that's that's the rapper's uh, display yeah exactly (laughs) I'm flying in first class and then you catch little Bow Wow in the back well I remember one of the weird things that I read about Pujanowski is how much candy he eats huh yeah, and that he really likes uh, candy in between workouts because he's blowing out so much sugar that yeah. he would eat chocolate bars. That makes sense. Yeah. We do a lot of, uh, like, I do peanut butter and honey, stuff oh, okay. like that. During competition, peanut butter and honey are Snickers bars. Really? Yeah. And, and now, I don't, when you eat peanut butter and honey, you eat it with a spoon? Like, what do you, how you I usually make the sandwiches. I see guys just pouring honey in their mouth, like the wow. Russian guys. There's a Russian guy who was uh, Russian Secret Service for a while. And Uh-oh. this, oh, yeah. Like, you look in his eyes, you're like, this motherfucker has done some bad things. <laughs> and, but he's the nicest dude in the world. He's, he's like the sweetest guy. He comes, like, he always comes over and talks to me and my family. And he's, he doesn't speak good English, but he's really nice about trying to get his point across and everything. And, but, um, yeah, that, that guy's done probably scary shit. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure. There's so, a lot of that because we compete with people from all around the world. You know, and you know, we uh, we tend to forget that everywhere else there's a lot of it's it's normal almost to be like that in some places, right? To survive, and right. if you're a giant dude, it's probably the best way to make a living. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so they just squirt honey in their mouth. Yeah, they'll just pour like like a whole little canister of honey and just take that. You see guys do that right before they go lift and stuff. I'm mm. I uh, the the way I grew up and the, the the way I did things like I was always taught and it kind of worked with being broke, but like a warrior goes to war hungry. Mm. That's like in football, I would never eat before a game ever. And then um got in a strong man and I did that for a long time and I got up to 440 pounds and I would I would do an entire show like f- five six hours without eating mm. but then during it i would snack a little bit but i would never eat a meal right but then it, the resources it eats up your resources right right and, yeah. and and see for me it felt like anything in my stomach just made me feel like slow mm, yeah you know? that's what i'm saying yeah that's the same with comedy too Mm-hmm. I learned that from Cat Williams watching an interview with him. Just don't eat before you go on stage. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. You're better off being hungry. Right. Exactly. Hunters do that too. The best hunters, they hunt hungry. Yeah. See, and then but what happened to me was I lost 80 pounds. I was 440. I lost 80 pounds. And when I got hurt in Botswana, I lost all that weight. And Just then, because of the bicep tear? No, I, did, I chose to do that. See, I'm, I'm, when I graduated high school, I was 370 pounds. So I've always been a big dude. But I got up to 440, and just walking around was laborious. You know, mm. just I felt like fucking horrible. How big heavy. were you when you did that log press? That log press that was like, like 425 ish, 430, mm. right around that. So like I gained a little bit more after that. I just everyone tells you in the sport, the bigger you are, the stronger you are, and that kind of holds true to static lifting. Like kind of, it's not necessary all the time, but it kind of holds true. But we got to move, man. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about pulling a truck and doing load events and all that stuff. When when you're 440 and your body's not agreeing with that 440, it just it holds you back. 
you want to imagine the load on your joints too. Yeah. It's particularly lower back. Yeah. My low knees. back was bad. Yeah. So that's what happened. I'd, I'd got hurt and I felt like I was done because my low back, I, I'd have to take me like 45 minutes to get out of bed in the morning. Really? Oh yeah. I was messed up, man. Really bad. And Did you then, get an MRI? I never got an MRI and didn't. I'm scared to. Suck too. it up. <laughs> exactly. Just fucking How'd roll. How'd you fix it? Uh, I, when I lost weight, it got better, and it's core strength for me now. Uh, core strength and stretching, and mm. also I smoke weed. Like a lot of a lot of athletes are against it, and a lot of people think that there's some like negative connotation with being like someone who smokes weed. But I, I mean, I'm watching guys take Vicodin like it's Skittles. I'm watching. I've seen mm-hmm. guys throw away their lives, their families, their career over a bunch of pills because they didn't want to smoke, and it's it's crazy. It you is know? crazy. Yeah. And we actually officially got world's strongest man to take marijuana off of the drug testing. Oh, that, wait, 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 wait. There's drug testing and world's strongest man? Yeah, every year. Are they making sure you're on steroids? <laughs> like, we have to test you. No. Make sure you're strong. <laughs> no, they what test the us. What the fuck kind of bitch-ass shit are you taking? <laughs> do you see? Not enough drugs in the do, sky do you know, system. Do you know who Robert Frank is? The uh, It sounds familiar. He's, the, uh, he's a hilarious uh, uh, Instagram guy. I, I I can't recall, but it sounds really familiar. Yeah, uh, he's he's really funny, man. He's he's like he talks like this. He yeah. get, he's really fast. Yes, yes. He's, he's got this fucking hilarious rant about uh, someone getting the girl pregnant and taking responsibility. And he and he goes, he goes, I have to ask you. He goes, if you're trying to get jacked and tan, what kind of gear are you on? I have to question your gear if you're getting your girl pregnant. What kind of swearers do you have? <laughs> That guy's got so much energy. I know exactly. Well, he gets, what you're he's about. another one. He gets censored off of Instagram all the time. They pull his posts, and they he's got a million followers, and they won't give him a fucking blue check mark. That's ridiculous. Because you know, people understand that's that's our livelihood. A lot of people that's social media is yes. how we feed our fucking family. Well, also he's fucking funny. Yeah, but he's funny with toxic masculinity. Right. right. He's toxic. But because his opinion's different, we're well, not allowed to have it. He's jacked and tan! <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. it right there. <laughs> yeah. He's not tan, he's yeah, red. Play, play this, play this. Is red. He's funny, man. Yeah. He's funny. Put- chest day, the most glorious day of the week. And chest day. So swole, every check on the cardio deck will want a piece of my pole. I want to tell you a story about a bro who said I ruined his life. He said my videos give him the motivation to get juicy as fuck, and he shows up to the bar every weekend with his guns hugging his sleeves on his medium deep V-neck tees, and he's nailing hoes from different area codes like a fucking boss. Problem is, one of them called him up saying she's pregnant now he's blaming me for introducing him to the game first of all who the fuck told you to go raw dogging it and if that's how you roll there's plenty of other techniques for when you get the freaks in the sheets like the sticky belly or sticky lower back perfect methods for when you get the hose on the sack or as i've been told since i was four years old that are days of old and nights were bold and condoms weren't invented they tried to suck around their c- and babies were prevented and to this day i still carry an extra sock in my back pocket because you never know when she's gonna want the rocket but when she does i'm gonna blast off on that ass because i'm robert fucking frick and i'm the women's pet and the man's biggest threat and what my night has in store is to get some big booty whore on all fucking fours with her cheek pressed up against my bedroom floor. Oh and you best believe that I'm double You think he writes that all himself? I think so. Oh my sandwich. god. Full is the goal. Size is the prize. It's game to clock, motherfucker. Let's get <laughs> <laughs> It's funny shit, man. Yeah. It's, it's fucking funny shit. And he, he can't get a uh, he can't get approved. And they, they've done gone through publicists. They've tried to get him, uh, what is it, recognized? What is it called? Verified. Verified, Try to yeah. get him verified. Get, try to get that blue check mark next to his name. It's silly, man. I mean, I'm, I don't know how that even works. Somebody, He's too big. Somebody did mine too for Too much me. muscle. Yeah. 
I mean, it, well, you can do it because you're not making fun of things. He's well, making fun of things, and talking just, about getting his cock I'm fucking pretty. That's what you are, it is. and strong. God damn it, strong and pretty. That's <laughs> perfect. No, it's it's silly that they do that though. You know, it almost. I mean, if you look historically back, every time they've done that, those people have got more power. Like yes. all, all you're doing is feeding that guy. So in ten years, when you look like the asshole that censored him, he's going to be ten times that. Well, especially now that we're talking about him. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Yeah, it it's is good, good that this exists, man. Yeah, it's fucking good. I think so. A lot I of think... people appreciate it. Well, I think this is a weird time where you can't. You're, you're having people dictate what you can and can't see, or what isn't is val isn't isn't valid, and yeah. it's just that seems like nonsense to me. Like we're moving backwards, especially with something like that. He's being funny, yeah. like he's funny. He makes me laugh. We're allowed Leave to make alone. jokes. Yeah. yeah, we are. What the fuck, man? Even you know? bad jokes, man. Even bad jokes by juice heads. Yes, like it's funny. Exactly. I mean, he talks about being a juice head. It's it's hilarious. My first introduction to comedy, I I loved. Growing up, I was a huge fan of Richard Pryor and all that stuff. I was a huge fan of uh, of Carlin. I just big fan of. I even liked uh, what was his name, Jeff Foxworthy. I love Foxworthy. It was great. And um, my first time I ever got to see a show, I came in. I move into L.A. and a buddy of mine brought me to see you and Uncle Joey, and I was like, <laughs> "Holy fuck!" I couldn't. First, Joe comes out there and you can't even breathe when Joe's good. You don't. <laughs> In a second, it's like, goddamn. He's an animal. He's got some shit right now. Like, if you get a chance while you're in town, you got, he's got some new shit that we were falling on the ground crying the other night. Oh, yeah. I'll come check him out. He's, he's the best ever. He crushes. He yeah. crushes. No, one, no one's like funnier in bursts. You might get, you know, guys who are really good joke writers, guys who are really funny, guys who are like, they're, they're valid in terms of our culture, but no one's funnier than Joey Diaz. Right. No one. No. No, the whole room. Like it was like we were uncomfortable. We couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. You know, it's so damn good. We were, you, then when you went up, it was like so. It was. It's a whole different style, but it's like super. Like along the the way that I think about how like you're introspective and comparative with different things and stuff, and the way you make people like look at something at a different angle, and then you poke fun of the way that you originally thought about it. You know, that's at least how that set was. But it was. I mean, I. Being in a live audience is so different than watching a special on TV. Oh, yeah. It's, it's way better. Well, I met you in the belly room, which is one of the best places to do stand-up. Right. The little last tiny room. Yeah, yeah. I did a set on the belly room. I've, really? I've been on stage once. And I did, no, in the, yeah, the belly room. Yeah. I went up there and did, it was story time. And um, uh, Tate Fletcher and... Uh, Oh man, I can't remember who else. A bunch of people just kept telling me like, like, just go out there and tell a story. Just go tell a story. And I was like, all right, there's no cameras in here, right? <laughs> like, I can tell a real story, or what kind of story are we talking about? But um, they got me up there, and I I did six minutes. They gave they gave me four, and I ran on for six. I didn't know what the lights meant. I was just oh. talking, you know. I didn't know. And uh, I told a story about being in China, and we thought we were going to go to jail in China and stuff, and it was fucking hilarious. What happened in China? Uh, that that year you saw me in the picture. We we got done with World's Strongest Man, and we do like a, a celebration. We all go to dinner and all that stuff. And I was I was fucking excited because I I was the only rookie in the finals. I was super excited, so I'm hammered drunk. And just <laughs> like and you're in China, and then little things start to click. You see people all wearing like the the communist uniform like that they have. They were celebrating. I don't know if it's called Communism Day or whatever, but they celebrate that. And and like almost the entire city uh, we were in Sonia which is a little island which is like their kind of vacation island 
and um but they were almost everybody was dressed in those uniforms and i'm drunk and like i'm looking around i'm starting to feel uncomfortable and we finally we get up to go and we all get on this bus and the guy who runs world's strongest man is is a very old man he's he's got to be like in his 90s right but he's he's uh needs help moving around all that kind of stuff we get on the bus and uh, we're setting up, and the camera crew left all their stuff on the front seat, which is which is the, the older guy's seat. You know, we make sure that he has that seat. You know, and um, we get in, and we're trying to finagle like the we're not finagle. We're trying to be assertive but nice to the the camera crew that they have to move back. And they were they didn't speak English at the moment, you know, and they were they were acting like they just didn't understand. They were they were being really rude about it. And uh, Nick Best, who's actually on the TV show with me, um, he came over and he picked up the camera and he was like, you're moving and started walking back with the camera case. And then the guy got up and started yelling at us in English. And he's totally knew exactly what we were saying the whole time. And he's yelling at us and and freaking out. And Nick puts the camera down uh, like towards the middle of the bus. And then sits back down. The guy marches off the bus, comes back on the bus with three cops, three police like officers in Chinese uniforms. And I'm fucking scared shitless. Like, I've heard horror stories about Chinese prison, you know. It does not sound like the place to be. Yeah. And the guy, the guy and the cops are getting really worked up about the fact that he touches equipment and that, that Nick's uh, called him an arrogant American, all this stuff, like freaking out. And the police officer, literally, exa- nobody ever believes this, but it was like in three is almost fucking exactly he goes this is china and he's screaming at a bus full of the world's strongest men he's he's fucking scared all of us into thinking we were gonna go to jail this is china and he's screaming at him and nick best like kind of sits back in his seat and puts his head down and he realizes like you know we better shut the fuck up so we all like kind of tucked our tails in and sat there and, and then the older guy got on the bus took his seat then the camera guy kind of pretended like it didn't happen, went and sat back down. The police officers left. But the, in the entirety of that, that situation, like, I fucking, I, I could have swore I was going to prison, like, scared to death. Yeah, you do not want to get locked up in an Asian prison. No. Especially no. China, right? No, 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 no. Not there. And especially that spot, because, like, it was it was their vacation island, but it's fucking dirty. Like, the, the stories you hear about kids shitting in the streets and stuff, it's not everywhere in China. But on that island, it was everywhere. Like, the kids just stop, pull open their little shorts, and take a shit. Ari told me he saw that in the mall. Inside? The people just oh, yeah. wa- in the mall, walking, they just stop, pull their pants down, and shit on the ground. Yeah. And I went, what? Yep. On the floor. Yeah. Yep. That's what they do, man. It's crazy. It's so crazy. So who comes and cleans up the shit? I don't know. I don't think anybody when it's outside. It was just everywhere. Really? Yeah. You just see human shit everywhere. All over the place, and it smells like it. And we almost, uh, I think there was 30 of us, like 26 of us all got stomach flu, or stomach uh, intestinal um, parasites. Oh, I bet everything has got shit on it. Yeah. If people are just shitting on the street, there's probably shit everywhere you touch. Yep. They were burning tires for their streetlights. It was nasty, man. What? Yep. Yep. The island, it's it's gorgeous, too. I'm telling you, like, the photos, the pictures, Sonia Island is gorgeous. They were burning tires for streetlights. Yep. That's, yeah. and, and these motherfuckers want us to switch to electric cars. Yeah. They're over there burning tires in China. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least in 2013, they were. Fuck, man. That is crazy. Crazy. Where else have you had to travel for Strongman? Um... I did, I've done Africa. Uh, Dubai is is one of my favorites. It's 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 creepy sometimes, like just realizing 
I don't like not feeling like I'm in control of of what happens to me, my destiny. You know? mm. So like when I'm in Texas, I feel great. You know, like ninety percent of the people around you are armed. If some shit happens, they got it. Right. My girl actually, like, she rides horses and she manages the gun shop. So, like, <laughs> I'm straight. You know, I don't have shit to worry about. But like, when you're when you're in like the Middle East or when you're in China or anything like that, you just have this feeling inside. You're like, it could fucking go wrong quick. Right. And then, but uh, when we go to Dubai, we actually do World's Ultimate Strongman in Dubai, and we're gonna do uh, another competition there October 25th. Which is the, it's the highest paid strongman show that exists. It's it's a really big show. It's a lot of fun. And we go out there and <laughs> they fucked up. They gave me the keys to a Ferrari and I just fucking went crazy. I went through downtown <laughs> going like one twenty. There's also no cops too. So there's, Dubai there's, doesn't have any cops. No, um, I, they might have a few like in certain areas, but it's it's basically they use cameras everywhere. So if you if you speed or if anything happens or you steal or anything like that, it's all on camera. Like there's literally cameras everywhere, Whoa. and that's how their their judicial system works. They don't use police. They just say, "Oh, well, let's look at the camera footage." Exactly. Lock that motherfucker out forever. Yep, yep. And when we were there, like it was craziness going on with the royal family and stuff. Like it was it was what, pretty what tense. Was going on? I'm going back in October. I don't know. Oh, maybe we should probably shut the fuck up. Yeah. You could Google it. It's crazy when you look at that place, like what it was like in 1970 versus what it is now. Right. Like it, some of the before and after footages, it's it's insane. There's so much wealth there. Yeah. I mean, they have built the biggest building in the world. They're the tallest building in the world. Burj Khalifa. I shit my pants at the top of that building. Not literally, but like I hate heights. What is and that? I went up there and like I couldn't walk. How many I, floors is it? It was like 130. I don't know, man. We get on the we get in the bottom of the elevator, and Eddie Hall, who's who's also in the in the show with me, it's me, Eddie Hall, Nick Best, and Brian Shaw. First of all, how the fuck is that elevator going to carry all you assholes? Right, exactly. <laughs> we get in, they close the door to go up, and Eddie farts. Oh no! And I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> no, 130 something floors, smelling this guy's ass. You know. It was horrible. And Eddie's the worst. He's English, so he's eating like porridge and oh, shit like that. No. <laughs> Drinking tea and farting. I will put Tate Fletcher's farts up against any man who's ever lived. Really? Oh my God. The worst? Back in the day when he was fighting, he used to, I think he just overconsumed protein, but mm -hmm. he was legendary. Yeah. Legendary. And he would laugh. He would laugh <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, we got to run. Because you knew the fog was coming. No. He would laugh first and then it would come. Oh, be like, no. Jesus. That's the worst when they enjoy the fact that you're yeah. dying. Like, God damn it. He doesn't do it anymore though. He yeah. must have cleaned his diet up. He's never got me either. <laughs> never. No. I loved I loved going out with Tate because like normally when I go out, especially in LA or something, I just draw way too many weird eyes. And right. I feel like I just like need to like hide in the corner. Right. But with Tate, it's like the Bash brothers walked in. Right, right, right. Tate's not as big as me, but he totally normalizes me. Right, you know? right, right. And yeah. it's so awesome. We used to going into the comedy store is my favorite, man. I used to go in there. Actually, I saw a lot of the transition from when you started coming back and i i saw the culture change man you you did a lot for that for that place you fucking changed the entire culture of that back room that's it was, crazy it was awesome man well that's my spot you know i wasn't there for seven years yeah yeah and you and i, I was there just before and then just after and i used to go in there a lot i used to go hang out a lot and i i'm telling you just just the way the comedians interact with each other is totally different. When mm -hmm. I first went there, it was very like, like, oh well, I I have this and I can do this, and, and it was basically like Hollywood 
at the comedy store, mm. right? You know, so like if you're like waiting to audition for a commercial and these these people are all bit telling each other how cool they are, that's what it felt like. Ugh. Then now, now I mean, not now. I haven't been there for like maybe a year or two, but then after that, it became more like like what we do. Like we're talking shit to each other, yeah. and it's it's like it's a camaraderie thing. Yeah, it's not like I'm better than you. It's like we can all talk shit. We're all on the same level, you know. That's very important to me. That, that I I think that that it probably comes from martial arts, but it's also just my my own philosophy. It's like I want everybody to do good. I don't want to be the only one doing good. Right. I, I don't understand that. I've yeah. never understood that. Yeah. I want, I want like when I go on, sh like I go on the road. I I try to bring the best people alive. I want everybody to have fun. I want the the audience to have a great show. I want people to kill. Yeah. And I try to help comedians. I, I really want to support them. Yeah. I try to get them all on my podcast. I try to tell everybody they're great. I try to tell everybody to go see them. Yeah. And well, you see what that cultivates too. Yeah. Like, everybody got better. Yeah, I mean Joey probably exactly the same. No, he's, he's no better. Been a he's always been the same. But part but, of when Joey became a monster is because he got all this love, you know, mm. and he realized he could just be himself up there. Yeah, like when he stopped taking coke and all that stuff. Yeah, that helped. But even yeah. when he was doing coke, he was fucking amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine him not being funny. I can I can hear him tell the same story five different times and yeah. still crack up every fucking time. He's an American original. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of people like that guy. Savage. But that place, uh, yeah, it's you know it's just insecurity. When 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 people realize they're loved and that there's real camaraderie and a, a brotherhood and a sisterhood and that you really do care about each other. Yeah. Everybody like that place is all hugs, man. Yeah. You go there, everybody's hugging. Yeah. And it wasn't that way. I know, I know every time I give you a compliment, I see you kind of like wince a little bit. You, when people like, like, like yourself, or I'm the same way. Like whenever I do something well and someone tells me, I'm like, nah, I mean, I should have done this this way or yeah. this. I'm always that I should one up myself guy. Yeah. But you really changed the fucking culture there, man. And, and you've made a lot of people better. The same with the podcast. Big ups, man. It was awesome. Oh, thanks, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, I feel very lucky. You know, I'm a, I'm a very fortunate person, so I, yeah. I like to spread it. Fucking from from where you started to where you are now, the hustle, man, that's inspiring. I always feel like I need to do more, and I need to like extend myself in different areas and stuff. I look at like so many people out there now. We actually have access to, and you can see like uh, Jocko. Like yes. this dude's up at four thirty in the morning, and I'm like complaining the fact that I only got six hours with this guy. <laughs> You know, like you, you really learn your level of hustle in mm -hmm. reality versus where you put yourself in your head. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm killing and I'm working so hard. There's nothing more I could be doing. And then this motherfucker's up four hours before you killing it. Well, those guys, they've, they're fuel. You know, guys like Goggins, him, mm -hmm. Jocko, those guys, Cameron Haynes, those guys are fuel. Yeah. Like you, if you ever start thinking, oh, maybe I'll slack off, maybe I'll take a day off. That's you look at Jocko's fucking hairy gorilla arm. Yep. With that 4.30 on his Iron Man watch, and it just says attack. That's right. <laughs> I was showing someone that today. This uh, this lady that at the uh, the clinic that I go to, she was uh, talking about how her boyfriend's into Jocko. He goes, she'd go to his fucking Instagram page every morning, and you see, you see that 4.30 watch, and yep. it's like, fuck, I gotta go. Get I gotta it. get going. Yeah, what am I doing yeah. with my life? Yeah, it just, it, but it really is fuel. Like, you feel charged up. Yeah. When I, when I listen to, like, Goggins talk, it's like, a lot of soft motherfuckers want you to stay in bed. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck that shit. You got to get up and go attack. St stay hard. And you're oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay hard, David. Yes. <laughs> get, get up and start running. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. 
It's nice, man. It's cool that we actually have that nowadays. Yeah, man. This didn't exist before. I mean, you think about before the in- the internet and podcasts and social media and stuff like that. It was hard. You had to find that inspiration. It was right. hard to find. Yeah. And sometimes you'd think you'd have an inspiring person in your life, but really, in reality, it was just some shitbag who was like just close enough that it looked like that. Right. When you step back as an adult, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of fake in it. Yeah. A lot of people f- fake like they work hard. Right. You Actually, know? somebody was trying to tell me the story. I've heard you talk about it on here about that guy who pretended to be a uh, an MMA like guru or whatever and ended up murdering his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, no, he murdered his girlfriend's husband. Okay. Yeah. Someone he was pretended telling. to be a black belt and uh, Eddie rolled with him. And, uh, you know, like when you roll with somebody, there's no fake in it. Like with karate, mm. you can kind of fake it. Like there's guys that like are athletic and they can throw some kicks like yeah. just like learning on the streets just hanging out with their friends they know how to throw some kicks like, there's people that know how to throw a wheel kick that have never taken a martial arts class in their life and if you see him throw a kick it's like wow that guy's legit right and but you don't know unless you see him actually fight so s- the problem with that is in sparring a lot of karate sparring you're kind of polite and you're not trying to hurt each other you just like and you could kind of fake it a little bit you could throw some shit in the air and fake it and touch each other yeah but in jujitsu you have to roll it's it's you know the guy's grabbing your arm he's arm dragging you he's taking your back you got to defend correctly and eddie was like man i don't know what the fuck is going on but that dude is not a black belt and i'm like really i go like like what do you think he is he's like he's terrible He's like, he has CIA. nothing. Eddie said he was a CIA. It was before Eddie was <laughs> deep, 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 deep into conspiracies. Back then, it was like, he was barely, he was like in the UFOs and shit. It was barely into conspiracies. He's yeah. way off the deep end. So you got me into UFOs, man. <laughs> like, the I, I was like, damn. Like, well, maybe it is true. I'm, uh, I'm scheduled to have a phone call today, this afternoon, with George Knapp. He wants to brief me on all this shit. George Knapp is the guy that broke the Bob Lazar story in the 1990s. Yeah. And, you know, he shares my opinion. He's like, most of this is bullshit. Most of these people are liars. Most of these people are crazy. But there's some real shit out there, too. Like a lot of these Air Force pilots that they have eyes on this fucking thing that's going 600 miles away in a second, like dropping down from 60,000 feet to 10 feet, like in a second. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. We don't know what the fuck this is. We have no idea how these things are doing this. Right. And that's not some hillbilly, like just no talking about Sasquatch. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's Air Force pilots, yeah. people who they're trained to fly jets and have gunfights in the fucking sky. Right. These are d- exceptional human beings. Yeah. When they see things like that, you gotta go. They know what the fuck they're seeing. That's so crazy. Yeah. Who knows? The thing is, like, every day you could go out there and look in the sky and you don't see shit. You go, "There's nothing up there," because you're not seeing it. But if you go to a fucking lake, you're never going to see a shark. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it doesn't mean sharks aren't real. Right. It's like you're looking in the wrong spot or you won't, you aren't there when they show up, but right. they're real. So we have enough accumulated data to know that, oh, there are sharks. You know, they, they are real, but they're not in lakes. They're in the ocean. Here's right. where they are. This is how you find them. Go to South Africa. Oh, look, there's a shark. Yeah, let's go to Santa Cruz. You know? Yeah. There's oh, a bunch oh, of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or um, fucking Catalina. Off of Catalina. There's I, a shit I, ton dude, of them. I worked at a Boy Scout camp in Catalina and I was teaching uh, snorkeling. And that was like the whole time I was shitting myself. Oh my god! It's, it's the, the nicest water in the world, though. It's so warm and salty. It's, it's yeah. You just float, you know. We did Fear Factor out there a couple times. Really? Yeah, we did a couple of stunts. Nice, a couple of water stunts. It's a cool there. spot. We we stayed on the other side, like the there's the hotels on the one side and everything. We were on the other side, mm. the campsites. It was awesome, awesome. I was like 
13 and I got so roasted. My entire body became one blister. Oh, no. Stupid. I was stupid. No sunscreen? None. None. Out there all day long. Yeah. So I don't know if, you know, UFOs are real, but it's it's certainly believable enough. It's not like the the sky's empty. It's filled with stars. So do you think, now after speaking with them, do you think we've had contact like that? What it's hard think? to tell. Yeah, because they could have been for lying. your own opinion, not for the listeners, not for anybody else. Just you, when you're at home and you're chilling, do you think it? I don't know. I really honestly don't know. I couldn't say yes or no. I'm more inclined now to think there's something going on than I was before I met Lazar and mm. watched that documentary. Because I was on the, not that I was uh, saying that aliens are not real. I think they're, I think there's 100% life out there. For sure. Let's just say that. It's too big. Right. It just doesn't make any sense that there isn't. Right. It's the question of whether or not it ever has gotten here before is the weird question. And it's also the problem is that you feel foolish talking about it because so many people who believe in it are foolish. And so many people who tell stories, their, their stories are foolish. So you feel foolish kind of going along with it. Right. But I'm very careful about stuff like that because I'm like, just because something makes you feel foolish doesn't mean it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or does, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it isn't wrong. true. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think there's a very high likelihood that there's life out there. And it's entirely possible that something's gotten here before. But as to whether or not something really has made contact with people, I don't know. I'm in. Cl- if I would say like, where's my scale? It's like probably sixty five percent believe. Yeah. Thirty five percent going. Hmm. Especially after talking to that guy. Yeah. That- he, he, but what he could have he could have experienced something that was an experimental aircraft that they didn't want to tell him. Right. You never know, man. I mean, I just don't know what the tech. Look, I'm a moron. Like I, I don't understand physics at all. I have no knowledge of propulsion systems or mathematics, and I don't know what the top of the field in propulsion experts are capable of today. I don't know. There might be some shit that they're working on that they've never really perfected. Mm. So they've never actually implemented it in the battlefield or something like that. Right. But they have some sort of a drone that looks like it would be filled with three foot tall people like these aliens that they described. Right. I don't know. And don't they're know. not going to fill you in on that. If you think it's aliens, yeah. then fine. It's fucking aliens. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who knows what that was? I mean, they, they're taking this guy who was a physicist from Los Alamos Labs who went to Caltech, and they, they sent him to these uh, classes at MIT to learn fucking nuclear shit, and then they try to see if he can figure out how to back-engineer something. They try to say, that doesn't mean it comes from another world. I right. mean, it, it could have been a Russian thing. It could have been something that the Germans figured out. I mean, right. I, I don't know. But I'm more inclined to believe him than not believe him. Yeah. He didn't seem like he was full of it. You know? Exactly. And just looking at him, he also didn't seem like he even wanted to be here. He didn't. He was just like, I'm, I'm done with this. He yeah. was getting migraines just talking about it before yeah. we even got out here. It's like, I just kind of tell you, I'm getting a migraine. Yeah. And like, you know, Jeremy was trying to talk him into doing it. Like, we're going to be fine, George. I mean, uh, Bob, this is important. It's really good to do this. And we're going to be able to really get the story out. But I think more, more people told me that they got more out of the conversation because it's just him talking, not no spooky music, no edits. Right. And you get to see, like, He's honest about what he knows and doesn't know. And when he would say, like, what do you think about this? He's like, maybe. I don't know. Right. I mean, like, he wasn't a bullshit. He didn't seem rehearsed or right. full of shit, nothing. No. Like, what he was saying, if if he didn't believe in that, at least to himself, what he was saying, I, I'd be fucking amazed. And his story has not deviated in 30 plus years, which you can't. 
I'm, I've you try to have me tell a story of something that actually really did happen yeah. from 30 years ago, and I probably told it a bunch of different times. I don't know what we started the podcast. With, exactly, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to remember, especially when you. My memory varies day to day. Like some days it's awesome, and some days it's dog shit. Yeah, it's crazy how that works, huh? It's, yeah. You, have you you've had a few concussions, right? Oh yeah, yeah sure. Same here. Yeah, I get, I have horrible memory. But from football, it's like probably yeah. the worst thing ever for concussions because yeah. you're getting them even from body hits. When dudes as big as you are clashing into each other, your fucking yeah. brain's getting rattled around in there, even if your head doesn't get hit. Right. And I I played rough. Like I sure I didn't did. avoid anything. I'm sure. Know? Yeah. Um, well, that's a strength of yours. A guy as big as you, I mean, I would imagine you would impose that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what paid for college. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I what did you go to college money. for? What was the what history. Was your major? History. history. Oh, yeah. that's cool that you're on the history channel now. Yeah, it is awesome, man. It's actually the only thing I ever liked about, I ever liked in school. Like, science and math didn't really click, but history, it was all special to me. Do you listen to Dan Carlin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Of course. The best. Hardcore so history. Good. The he best needs, I wish he would just do more. That's it's the only so thing. so hard. I know. The I, research. That's what you have to yes. appreciate. You know? I'm embarrassed to call what I do a podcast in comparison yeah. to what he does. Yeah. What he does is like a lecture. Yeah. What yours is a podcast, though. He needs yeah. to call his right, something right, right. else. That's what it is. It's way more in depth. Yeah. His his uh, hardcore history on World War II and uh, World War One and the one on the Mongols. Oh, those, so good. The greatest fucking shit i've ever heard the yeah. mongol one i've listened to like four or five times the wrath of the cons mm -hmm. fuck it's good he's so good he's so entertaining too mm. it's like if history was that entertaining we'd have a fucking world full of history scholars right and we wouldn't be censoring instagram right now because yeah. people would know how that works <laughs> then they'd be jacked to town <laughs> put a sock <laughs> on your cock <laughs> yeah dan carlin is uh he's he's a fucking man he yeah. really is his podcast is incredible and the fact that he only charges a dollar for them you know and the oh, archives, i didn't even know he did that well he's there free and then when you go deep into the archives he charges a dollar a podcast which well, is fucking nothing i mean yeah. they're an hour and a half long it takes him months and months to right. do and he's really just trying to make for, up for production costs he's not trying to get rich right like he's not he would be charging much more and they're worth more man yeah i've learned more from that than i did from college you know yeah no, and you retain it because he's entertaining he's the man yeah. uh, and he's a great guy too i really love that guy he's, yeah and uh, his story is interesting, too. He's an old-time radio guy, you know, and hmm. did radio and then was always a history buff. And, and he even says he's not a historian. He's, like, very self-deprecating. But, yeah. god damn, you're probably the most important historian of our time. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. For, for guys like me, you know, I've learned more about history from that guy than probably from anybody. Yeah. And so, I mean, probably at this moment now he technically is a historian you know i think he is we should at least give him that i mean he's we got dub him yeah i mean i don't know what you have to be to be a, i guess a practicing scholar is like his i think if you say it on rigid. this show it's official he's a he's absolutely a historian boom dan carlin you are a, a historian give that man a plaque give him a plaque <laughs> give him a piece of paper for some bullshit group of dudes that's one of my favorite things about the tv show is being able to like dive into the history of this stuff like we did a sh uh, an episode in england we were in london for most of it and um this guy thomas topham and he was a fucking psychopath person like just a crazy person like he uh he he owned a pub and his way of getting people in was doing these crazy feats of strength and he would he would uh go out there and one of the biggest feat of strength which we we challenged ourselves to do and we 
actually attempted a world record. I can't say if we broke it or not. But we took these giant barrels of whiskey out in front of this pub, downtown London, and we were picking them up on like a yoke. You know what a yoke is? Like a yoke walk? Yes, yes. So yes. like that. So the crossbar goes across your back mm-hmm. and you pick up basically we went uh the the world record we were attempting was uh I think it was like seventeen hundred and ninety pounds, something like that. So it was it was big. It was big. <laughs> And in that's front so of a heavy. crowd. That's so, That's a car. That's a, a, a 1968 911. Yeah, exactly. Engine and everything. Yeah. It was awesome, man. That's crazy. And we get to tell his story and talk about like, the, my favorite I, I'm my favorite thing we did for the whole season was probably his episode. There's a, an old tale that he got drunk one night. And back in the day, um, London police officers had these little huts they would stand in so they could be out of the weather. And they were like on the side of the road almost like like an, an outhouse but a little bit smaller and they'd stand in there and and they'd basically keep watch on the street being so the rain didn't get on them there was a story that he got drunk with his buddies and just to fuck around with his cop he picked one of those up with them inside <laughs> carried it down the street and threw him into an open grave at the graveyard <laughs> So we did that. It was awesome, man. We're running down these back cobblestone streets with this, like, we didn't use the real police officer, obviously, but we're like, with the whole setup on our, some of us tried to do it on our back. Some of us tried to do it other ways, you know, but like, we're running down and all these people are cheering us on as we're like celebrating this guy, basically like dragged a cop down the street and threw him, threw him into a graveyard. It was hilarious. Now, when you do something like that, say a stunt like that, how much of a consideration is like, when you look at it, you go, okay, I think think i can do this but fuck i might get hurt doing this right almost everything everything's like that like um we were, we were with the daredevils last night and uh with the daredevils the evil live evil live we did a premiere where um like it was a an homage to evil knievel where uh-huh. the guys the guy was gonna jump a world record jump but he actually broke his ankles doing the testing for it so this this woman came out and she she broke a world record driving through uh they have these platforms set up with like boards on fire and and she did 13 boards that were all on fire. She drove face first through them. What? She was a fucking savage. And she was the baddest. I, I'm so sorry. I can't remember her name right now. But um, she came over and spoke to me. And, like, I'm from Santa Cruz. So, like, you hear the way I'm talking right now. This is how I talk. Like, I'm not, like, super official or anything like that. And she came over and I was like, so what are you, what are you thinking? She's like, I don't know, bro. Probably drive, like, 30. Put my face through the motherfucker. I don't, I don't know. Like that. <laughs> I was like, this girl is fucking savage. I love this, you know? It was so awesome. You find her, Jamie? Yeah. What's her name? Vicky, Vicky Golden. Golden. Vicky Golden. She looks like a regular girl. She's not even a giant. She's very pretty. She's 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 normal, like just yeah. She's, she's putting her face through boards? Yeah. Jesus, Vicky. Crushed. It was so oh awesome. Oh my god, look <laughs> yeah. at that. Fuck, man. See that's that's the that's boards the board. there. That's that's the guy who had the oh, record. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Oh my god. So she's just accelerating through these flaming boards. Yep. Fucking A. 13 of them. And that's the kid that broke his ankle, Axel Hodges. He he uh he got hurt like just like 4 days before the live show. Well, Evil oh. Knievel, man, they put him back together again back when they didn't even know how to put pe- people back together again. Yeah, yeah. He used glue and shit, and screws and rubber bands. Crazy. I mean, and he just kept coming back. You ever see, like, the x-rays of Evil Knievel's body? I saw, uh, from this show, I saw a little bit of it. I, or the, the videos of him, like, flopping as he's oh, rolling. And you yeah. see his ankle go one way and his arm go the other way. And I'm just, that shit creeps me out, man. That guy was an animal. He so, just didn't. I wonder if he was. I wonder if he would take something before he would go. 
coke for the jump. Everybody so? was on coke back then. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Guaranteed. Yeah. What, what year was that? I'm talking shit. Yeah, probably the <laughs> 70s and the yeah. 80s, right? If it was before 95, were. everybody was on coke. <laughs> I bet they were. Yeah, it like, made yeah. sense. Oh yeah. I mean that that would be the thing. Do a fucking giant bump. If he, <laughs> if he wasn't, <laughs> he should have been. Yeah. God damn it. Right. Like some some meth type substance. Yeah. So that's what I was talking to them about. Is basically the same way they look at a stunt is the way we look at at a lift. It's like mm-hmm. this this could possibly cripple me. This could finish my career. All that stuff. We <laughs> got. What do you got, Jamie? When he jumped the Caesars Fountains in 1967, yes. he crushed pelvis and femur, fractures to his hip, wrist, and both ankles, concussion that kept him in the hospital, and rumors that he was in a coma for 29 days. Mm-hmm. From he jumping got the out fountains. and kept jumping. Came back. Oh, I think that, it was, was six months, right? Like that. They talked about this. I can't remember how long it was, but he was right, right. back out on it. See if you can find a picture of his X-ray. I did. It's not. They're super old, so it's it's not clear on like oh. what it was. I I looked for that first. And I was just kidding. He probably wasn't doing any drugs. Just making a joke. Oh, I'll say it. He's doing coke. <laughs> probably drinking, doing coke, having a great time. What? Why not? Fuck it. Everybody else did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Um. For that. For that specific lift that we did, I didn't really. That's him at Caesar's, huh? Mm. Jesus Christ! Look how fucking oh, far. This is actually his son. Yeah, that's looked too clear to be nineteen. Oh, I met his son. I met his son on the set must, of Fear Factor. I think he made it, right? Yeah, his son made it. Yeah. Ooh, with the the front end that high. Yeah, that's Robbie. Wow. Fucking oh, the old one there. crazy. Oh, don't show me. Oh, Jesus Christ, he's gonna die. <laughs> oh. He goes limp, oh. man. That stuff creeps me out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just weird that that was a thing. Like when we were kids, Evil Knievel. Was like the daredevil guy, yeah. like you know, like what do you think you're evil Knievel? Right, the toys yeah. and everything, yeah. man. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that wind up back end that would just shoot him forward. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to look at a lift similar to the way they would look at a stunt. Like it's a, there's yeah. a high possibility, right? And and in everything from where you step, those cobblestone streets, that was the scariest oh, part of that. Yeah, because the thing itself was, I think it was like like four hundred something something like that. It wasn't like crazy heavy. It was around four hundred pounds. So for us, that's not that big of a deal unless you put your foot wrong with four hundred pounds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh. there goes your ankle. There goes your knee. There goes your yeah. Achilles. And and the other thing is once once the whistle blows and it's on and we're racing or you're you're playing in a sport and then like the fight starts or like the game starts when the whistle blows all that shit's gone like right. the, the fear's gone the hesitation's gone I'm gonna fucking win you know that's what right. I'm here for so that that's when you really have to like worry about that so like beforehand I'll always walk the course and just like look like okay I wanna I wanna hug this corner even if it's gonna take me a little bit longer I'll I'll be loose on this corner because it's a little bit of a dip you know stuff like that mm. but you know i mean it doesn't always turn out right first world strongest man franco colombo just destroyed his knee carrying a fridge did he really yeah which actually changed a lot of the structure of uh, contracts that we sign now <laughs> franco colombo was in the world's the first world's strongest man yeah i believe it was franco colombo yeah yeah yeah. it was there was lou ferrigno um franco colombo and I could um, Franco was the the shorter guy who used yeah. to train with Arnold, right? Yeah, he yeah. was the guy who used to blow up hot water bottles with his lungs and make them explode. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it's is crazy, fucking insane amount of lung power. Yeah, 
Yeah. That, that's like longevity power yeah. too. That's the kind of stuff I really like. I can't wait till like I'm done with the sport and I can actually do stuff that'll make me feel good. Like, <laughs> you know, instead of like waking up broken every day, I'll be like, oh, I can do a little bit of yoga. I like to hike that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Know? You're looking forward to a normal life. Yes, exactly. What, what injuries have you had? Um, I, my, the, the first, uh, the amateur show I was doing, I actually I competed. Brian Shaw, who was on the TV show with us, he's four time world strongest man winner out of Colorado. He was hosting an amateur show in Colorado, and I I was in Santa Cruz training ocean sea level. Went up to outside of Denver to compete at the show and fucking had a heart attack. It was so so hard, but uh, it was the deadlift. It was it was like maybe. Two two months after I started deadlifting, maybe three months. So I'd never really deadlifted, and we were deadlifting a car, the back end of a car, and they made it heavy. So it was probably for amateurs, heavy is about like eight hundred, eight hundred and forty pounds, something like that. So um, I'm winning the show, and and I'm doing it in front of four time world strongest man winner who already I had my sights on him, like I was coming for him, you know, like I that's like when I first started, I was like, okay, this guy's the best, this guy's the best, I'm coming for that guy. So I wanted I wanted to show out, you know. So I go out and I I pull the car up, I do the first rep, and I was like, just basically it took ninety percent of everything I had for that first rep. But uh, like a meathead, I was like, oh, I'll pull a second one, you know. It's it's four reps. So I go pull the second one. About halfway up, my, my lower back pops, and I just let go. My Both my legs went stiff, and then they went numb completely. I fall forward into Brian's arms, actually, as he's judging me. And my legs were numb uh, like maybe two months straight and then off and on for like two years. Whoa. They were just so bad. Uh, for the For that first two months – I actually ended up in – I finished that show, ended up in second place, qualified for nationals, which was my goal so I could get my pro card. I went home, started training for nationals with numb legs and had to sleep in my pickup truck because I wouldn't – I couldn't lay down. And we had we had a studio at the time, no chairs. We just had a bed. And so I would sleep in my pickup truck, get up, drive to the gym, go train. And looking back, like, yeah, that was stupid. It was really stupid. But – uh, that's once I'd failed at football in my eyes, I'd failed once, once I kind of painted myself in this corner, I was just like, I'm just, I'm just not going to lose. And you never got an MRI. No, <laughs> I didn't have insurance. Fuck. But broke. even now you don't want to get a look. See, I kind of do. I mean, it feels good now. I mean, I should take a peek. Uh, I'm, I might, <laughs> I need it. I'm going to go get my Achilles checked out. Cause at this current, this last world strongest man, I had a, a, a decent pop in my Achilles and, so I'm, I'm going to get that checked out. But I've been been really careful about how I uh, rehab stuff like that. But you're right. Yes, I should check out my back. That is crazy, though, that your legs were numb for two years. Yeah, off and on. They off were straight on. numb for about two months. Straight numb, like someone could stab you in the leg. Like like asleep. Oh, okay. Like that. Yeah. And it was sciatic. It was I yeah. pinched my sciatic is basically oh, sure. what I was told. And so, you know. I'd figure that out. Then, then um, after that, I I was in Africa and I ripped my uh, bicep off the tendon, and um, I I'd been getting beaten up a lot at that point. And like my first year, world strongest man, it was so easy for me to get to the finals. I kind of just was like, you know, fucking, you know, it's it's whatever. I don't I don't have to work for this. I am the strongest man without having to work for it. And then. Got into Africa after being beaten up a lot and kind of getting my head pushed down in the sand for two years in a row. 
and ripped that off and i was just like i'm done like i in my head like i just i thought i was done i remember walking out by the river and sitting there and just feeling like broken just like i didn't know what i was going to do with myself or anything like that and i walked back to the tent and the the referees were telling me like you know get your stuff they don't they don't want you that once you get hurt they have to fly you home right away they they don't let you stay and watch the finish or any of that shit they they make you leave yeah why I think it's a liability thing. I don't know. Oh. Basically, they just got to get rid of you. But the 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 judge for the show was like, "Hey, we're doing the what's called the Hercules hold, and and you're up. Are you going to do it?" And the Hercules hold means you reach you reach out with both arms here like this, and um you have like a, a handle like basically like a like in the gym you know the row handles mm-hmm. like that attached to a tower that's falling, and you right. hold it as long as you possibly can. And uh, in my mind, I was like, this is the last time I'm ever going to be here. So I might as well leave some fucking blood on the bar. So I walked out and did it. And uh, <laughs> torn bicep off the bone. Yeah. Uh, ten- the tendon. So I went over there and I was just like, fuck it. Like, let's let's at least leave a mark. You know, like I had to do something. Did you tape it up or anything? What are you going to tape up? Like, right. it's not, I mean, like it's like fully extended your arm. It's basically just taking weight, pulling you, and it, so it's not direct like curling, hurting, right. but it's it's yanking a tendon further in in up into your bicep, and I felt it creeping up into my shoulder ah. as I was doing it, and I I did great. I actually, uh, I it was the best event I'd had that year. <laughs> you know, I crushed it, and I remember just closing my eyes and being gone, and just if when I let go, it was almost like being baptized, man, like. I felt like all the pain and all the stress, everything I'd felt like build up once I'd gotten hurt, I just dumped it all. And then it took me, it took me, uh, I think it was two more years. I finally fought back. I had thought I was done. And then last year, I, I made it back into the finals. I, I was, I'm now, again, top 10 strongest man in the world. And so is it was it because of surgery and rehab? Surgery or? and then everything else was so beat up once I once I finally stepped back, I was like like there's there's no reason I should have to take an hour to to be able to walk in the morning. Yeah. You know, like there's no reason why my back should hurt from walking from the front door to the car. You know, like yeah. I was so wrecked and so I just started working on different things trying to take care of myself and I got back to worlds um that next year actually i got back and i just didn't do well because i hadn't been able to do anything and then uh came back the following year which was just this last year and uh you know i basically i've been written off it was it was i was told it was my last time i was getting invited because at this point like you're done you know like it's, it's time for you to find something else and uh came out and i i've had the show in my life. It was, I've, I've been working so hard, but you never know how strong you are until you line up. You never know like what kind of athlete you are until you get tested. Right. So I got I lined up and I I got done. I just crushed when I'm when I finished. I loaded that the stone and I knew I was in the finals. Like, dude, I, I get emotional just thinking about it right now. Like, it just felt like somebody had just washed all that away. Wow. I remember ripping my shirt off. (laughs) I I am a fucking showman, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I had my strong and pretty shirt underneath, and I ripped my world's strongest man shirt and showed my strong and pretty shirt, and I was just (laughs) roaring. We were in in Malaysia, and, like, everybody just kind of, like, stepped back a little bit. (laughs) 
It was awesome, man. So what kind of stuff feeling. did you do to try to rehab your body, to try to get your body back into condition? Ton, tons of core work, tons of stretching, and uh, like basically just digging out scar tissue is huge. It's, yeah. it's huge. Like a lot of people use like a Theragun and stuff like that. I went the cheap route. I took a Black & Decker skill saw, mm-hmm. and I, I got the stuff attachments, put it all together. It cost me like 65 bucks. Mm. You know, but like stuff like that i kind of figured it all out as i was going you know i just i i there's people out there that were telling you stuff but it wasn't as easily accessible when i was when i was first going and now like literally now we have a website called starting strongman so like people who want to train and figure out like what's a safe way to start out or like if i want to train like this but i don't want to don't want to buy all the equipment or or if i just or if i do want to be the strongest man in the world or if i just want to know what what kind of type of lifts to use to to like keep your back healthy to help you uh use your upper back instead of your lower back when you're pulling that kind of stuff i mean it's all there now like literally that that did not exist and you just have to like listen to like the sock on the cock guy in the gym telling you what to do you know (laughs) right right. that's what it was for me like it was a bunch of older lifters and i remember just you know warming up is for pussies and all that kind of shit oh yeah old school lifting man old school lifting pussies yeah you ever see a lion warm up before it chases a gazelle i've heard that nonsense before it's ridiculous Laird hamilton was talking that crazy it's crazy yeah it's crazy i'm not a lion and i'm not going after (laughs) gazelle Yeah, if if you have to, it's there. But Mm -hmm. if you want to take care of your body, it's definitely better to warm up. Yes, exactly. Yeah, if you watch like a guy like Manny Pacquiao train, like the I watched him uh, work out once with uh, Freddie Roach, and he he warms up for a long time. Yeah, it's like fifteen twenty minutes of warming up. They said that about Ali that Ali would warm up for one hour. Yeah. So uh, an hour of his workout was him just warming up his body, just moving, moving along and getting stretching and rolling his arms and his legs and rolling his hips. And, yeah. and then once that blood's flowing, then he starts shuffling, right. then he starts hitting the bag, then he starts hitting the pads. That's the more, the older I get, the more I realize how important that is and like how important it is to teach the, the next generation how to warm up yeah. even just rolling your hips yep. i only started doing that in the last year and a half that's crazy it's crazy it's that, crazy that like i crazy. put all that strain on my hips and low back my i'm telling you forever and didn't even ro- move my hips in a circle like now for your low circles. back do you ever use a reverse hyper I do. I use a reverse hyper. Um, I like to do a lot of stiff leg stuff. Mm-hmm. I avoid deadlifts as much as possible, but I, I mean, I still compete. I can't. I, right. And what I did now was what a lot of guys do is they use a suit. I didn't know like everyone was using deadlift suits and it was actually protecting their low back. Mm-hmm. That's the, a lot of what a deadlift suit does is transfer it to your upper back. Which is like, I went to Worlds this year and it was the first time I didn't zero the deadlift at World's Strongest Man. I pulled it up and it was it was fucking easy. It was I was in my groups and I was cruising. What does zero the deadlift. Like mean? didn't get a zero like a no rep. Like uh-huh. I, it was the first time I actually pulled the deadlift rep at World's Strongest Man. Every year I've been fighting to get in the finals and doing my best with one arm tied behind my back because when this event comes I get zero points. Mm. But like I finally figured that out. That's what I was I was still thinking that I was close to retiring even though I was feeling better. But then I I realized that I'm so much stronger now and I don't have all the pain. So like I'm I'm almost at like peak age for strength too. 
So I, I, I've got to give it a couple more years. I What's the peak age for strength? They say, but the, for at least from what I've been told, they say it's like between 34 and 36 is four strong men. This is what I've always been told. But honestly, I think the, the, the longer we study this stuff, the more realizing is like, if you treat your body right, you can keep getting stronger as long as you don't break things, mess mm, things up. That's the big issue, right? People right. break things and they have to work around those things and they break something else and they're compensating because one knee's fucked up and then the other knee blows out because it's compensating for the bad knee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I always always tell people, like, I know a lot of people that have had ACL surgeries and they try, or ACL injuries and they try to not have surgery. They try oh. to just rehab it. And I'm like, God damn it, just get the fucking surgery. Right. You're, yeah, you're going to be out for six months, but at least you'll have a fixed knee. Right. In a year, you'll yeah. be happy. Yeah, you'll yeah. be great. Like, and a year's going to happen whether you like it or not. Right. And this way, that year happens, and while it's happening, you know, you'll realize, like, hey, I gotta, I gotta keep my fucking legs strong. Right. I gotta keep all those stabilizer muscles strong. Right. And then everything else doesn't fall. Yeah. Apart. Hamstring, hamstring strength is big. Huge, huge, yeah. and butt strength. A lot of guys don't like to do like butt exercises. That's mm -hmm. huge, man. It saves your low back. It yep. makes you feel better, and also stretch. Stretching out the the front end of your hips and your abdominals, stretching that stuff. The that company you've spoke about him. So right. Yeah. So they actually us, yeah. just they hit me up the other day and they were like, we got we really want to send you one of these. And I was like, fuck yeah. Do we have them here? Do you nice. want one? No. Well, they're sending me one. So we got one. I'll give you right now. Nice. Yeah. They nice. give us a box of them. I give them to people. They're I, awesome. I, I fucking believe in them. They're not expensive. It's real simple. Super easy to use. Yeah, I, I put them down on the ground and lie on it. And it just like gets in there and mm -hmm. dig. And it's not just for the psoas muscle. It's for your whole back. Right. I use it on everything. I use it on my shoulders. I use it on my legs. Yeah, I saw a video where this guy was doing the outside of his legs mm -hmm. and everything with it. It's Fucking brutal. Yeah. But you know what my favorite is? That Tim Tam thing. That thing right there. You see that that jackhammer motherfucker? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a upgraded Theragun. Yeah. That's like even more powerful. The new ones, yeah. Yeah, that thing's amazing. And they don't die as quick, too. A no. lot of the guys at World Use those those are good they're so good yeah all that all that kind of recovery stuff is so important guys that think they could just work out and and not take that time and recover right you know, i just, was that guy though i was and you you learn sure. i mean i when when i needed when this ripped um we this uh it was the full tear finally like my my tendon exploded it didn't rip actually it had exploded so there was still a little is that when you were doing the hercules thing no no that th that was after that was after. So that when that happened, it wasn't. It didn't fully separate. So, but when when I went home and I was training down the road, this was like a little while later. It, so you didn't even get surgery immediately. You couldn't. You can't. Why? Because first off, if it's muscle or if it's not completely separated, you can't get surgery. But this basically what I'm saying is exactly what you're saying, just a different time period. I uh, I this exploded off the the tendon when I was doing a world record attempt for an axle in training, <laughs> and um that i i was like i knew it was tore right away but we had the pilot for the tv show we were supposed to film in nova scotia canada this next day and i knew what an opportunity it was so i said fuck it i went and took a shower and got on a plane and i flew to canada and in canada with with it completely torn knowing that i needed surgery and it hurting like like the worst pain ever we had to flip a boat so like one of those little rowboats we had to flip it like a tire then we carried 300-pound water jugs up a hill 
we did like all this stuff with that separated and the uh, entire time it just felt like someone was stabbing me with a cattle prod uh, like, but that one that was meathead but <laughs> were you worried that you were doing more permanent damage though not on the bicep no once once the bicep goes the only thing worse you can really do is shove it up higher so they have to flay you deeper when they pull it down and flay is a hard word <laughs> yeah flay <laughs> I'm thinking of some fucking Inquisition type torture device, right? Right. But I had a, I had a great surgeon. I was I was taking care of man, and um, it was it wasn't too bad. How um, long is the rehab? Two minutes. Oh no no no! Three weeks in a cast, and then like he gave me this like uh, an arm brace that would like I'd adjust it every week or so to where it go more and more straight, and then that was maybe three months before I could use it. And at that point, it's not like I could go do what I was doing. Mm -hmm. It's at that point you start over. Wow. Yeah. And it was my arm was like tiny. I was I was pretty pissed off. Well, even your arm tiny is probably a regular person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how weird is that? I'm walking around like with one arm like this, and the other arm looks like it works at like some IT company. Well, you know Boss Rutten. Do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've met him a few times. Boss has what he calls baby arm. Is one arm that's small because of atrophy because of pinched nerves right this is really it's really kind of fucked up yeah sucks. like to this day he i don't think he can hold up a, a jug of milk oh shit like he couldn't like hold a jug of milk in his arm and extend his arm mm. yeah that's a guy that for some reason didn't get a lot of the love that he so deserves he was like, a pioneer savage yeah and one of the most uh like one of the original technical strikers Right, taking yeah. on dudes way bigger than him mm -hmm. and still yeah. handling them. Yeah. Like, Hoist Gracie is amazing and uh, savage, but he was doing the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, he was just years later. But if Hoist had to fight Boss Rutten, it would have been ugly. But yeah. the thing is, like, in the early days, Boss didn't understand submissions either. So Hoist would have probably got him if it was, like, UFC 1. Who right. knows? You know, it's, um, it's a crazy sport, and the people that have been able to – you know, like paved the way like a guy like boss root and yeah. they, they were he's such massively a good dude important. too he's so nice he's such a savage he would just shoot cortisone into everything all of his joints are all fucked up because yeah. he would just sh take cortisone shots just shoot it into everything oh. lidocaine he'd shoot lidocaine into his shins oh my god so he could fucking blast people not feel anything <laughs> not feel it <laughs> He's such Jesus an animal. Christ. He was such an animal. He had amazing stories, though. We went to his gym. We did. Uh, I did moss wrestling. Moss wrestling is like an old Russian style of wrestling where you have like a, a stick and you each hold the ends of the stick and try and take it from each other. Oh. And um, we actually, I I did it twice, at, um, two tournaments, and I was the undefeated American champion for for a year and a half after doing it twice. But we went to his gym to do the qualifiers to go to the world championship in, in Dubai. And he came out there and he was judging and stuff. And I remember like, I basically, I was way bigger than most people and I'm, I'm like upper body heavy. So I just lean back and take it. And at the end of it, he walked over and he goes, uh, he's like, the force is strong with you, son. <laughs> <laughs> like, I fucking love this guy. Yeah, he's got a great personality. Yeah. He's uh, he's a great commentator, too. He's great at that. It's fun. He makes, yeah. He makes shit fun. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. What's, a, what's the average lifespan in terms of, like, how much time you can compete at the highest level for strongmen? Because it seems like you're, everything is just so fucking heavy. It's Everything's going to almost blow out. Right. Like, how many years can a guy expect to compete at the highest level? It depends on the guy. Depend, we're getting better at, at holding on to that kind of stuff. And if you make it to the top echelon, so that you're saying at the top level, um, 
I'd say the average the average is low. It's probably like a year, two years. Mm-hmm. But if you just took the last five years and kind of cut that out and did your own like like study with that five years, I'd say guys now are going to average more like like three to five years, five maybe six if you if you're doing good. Mm. But then you have these guys like like Brian Shaw's been doing it since before I even knew what it was. You know, Brian Shaw's four time world strongest man out of Colorado. He takes takes his rehab seriously he's he like he doesn't care about how much it costs or what what it takes like it's to him he's an athlete first so like he's got these really amazing like cold pools and hot pools right next to each other at his house and Mm. and all the different type of equipment that he would need to rehab and he's he's always making sure he gets body work done two three times a week and when we're on the Mm. road like like when we were on the road for me that that's that was it was an education because i was with nick best who's who's 55 and he's he's still doing this Really? Yeah, fifty-five. How? He's a, just a savage, man. He's an old power lifter, and and he, he's at the point where he needs help to get down to the ground to pick something up. But he's trying to figure that stuff out, and and, and he's definitely going to pay for for the years of savagery for sure. But we got we have him, and then we have Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall's one world strongest man, two thousand seventeen, and he's the the strongest person to ever deadlift in, in the world. He pulled five hundred kilos from the ground, which is eleven hundred and four pounds, I believe. Five hundred kilo deadlift, just straight stood up with it like it was nothing. Looked around the crowd, made sure they understood he had it like it was easy, and then put it back down. You know, damn. That in a lot of people's opinion, that makes him the strongest man ever to live. Deadlift to a lot of people is king. Then we have Brian Shaw, four times world strongest man, and he's he's like a mad scientist with this stuff. Like if you go to talk to Brian Shaw about like the trajectory of of a sandbag or or how how you want to put your hand placement or where you want to do this or that. Or, or like anything that has to do with the science of lifting, he, he can dissect it. Like basically, Bill Nye, the science guy. That's what that's what I always call him. Mm-hmm. Is that a Debo? Because he gets crazy. He reminds me of Debo from Friday, <laughs> and he makes me look small. Brian Brian's got me by like two inches and like forty pounds. Wow! And when he gets tired or hungry, he starts to get that flex, you know. And he's like, like goes like that. <laughs> like Debo, calm down. <laughs> but like I'm traveling the world with these guys and I'm I'm basically picking my little pieces out of what they've learned and what they've done cuz I'm I'm very young in this game. I've I haven't been doing it for a long time. I've I'm still I mean I'm getting to the point now where I feel comfortable calling myself like not a rookie. I wouldn't say I'm a vet. I'm right about that. But I've I've got to learn like what Brian does for his rehab, how many times he gets massage therapy, and what the difference is between massage therapy and a massage, or or someone who's a PT and someone who actually is is fluent in like deep tissue or sports sports therapy that kind of stuff. You learn all that stuff, and mm. I I never took the time or spent the money. Honestly, I just I never had a, I was never in a situation where I could spend that money and take care of myself that way. It always kind of seemed like a luxury, and, and it's not. Like right. f- for them, it's it's maintenance. It's do like you, getting the oil changed on your car. Do you roll out with a lacrosse ball? Yes. Or do you use like one of those uh, wad balls? I use a uh, softball. Balls? A softball. Yeah, oh, I okay. use softball because it's big and it's it's not hard like a baseball. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for a lot of people, that's too much. But for me, it's perfect. And I actually do a lot of. I try and get a lot of people to do them on the front of their hips too, because it's it's nice like pressure mm. point stuff. Yeah, really good. Or like uh, an atlas stone. The, the the balls that we lift, the concrete yeah, stones, yeah. you just roll your stomach over that and just relax mm-hmm. and just let it sit there. And it kind of just pushes everything back and moves it around. 
You know, so I, I like doing a lot of that stuff. I've seen a lot of guys do that with kettlebells as well. Yeah. It's, you lie it's, down on them and, and roll it over your back because it's un, unforgiving and it pulls all the tissue apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, what about food? Like, what, what kind of diet are you guys on? Uh, we all basically eat the exact same thing. Yeah. We all just a, a ton of, of meat and rice, and we do a lot of peppers and stuff like that. No one's vegan? No, no, no. Not any well, of those top that, ones in the isn't world. Isn't that one guy, that Patrick, what the fuck's his name? There's a vegan strongman I've heard of. I don't remember his name, but he's not like, uh, he, he's never been the world's strongest man. Well, there's there's a documentary they're doing with James Cameron where they're trying to promote him as being, James Cameron is on this vegan kick. Mm -hmm. His wife has a school and they feed the kids all vegan food and Arnold's a part of this too. And they're, yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 I know who that is. Yeah. He's He's not one of the strongest men in the world. He's he's a strong man and he's strong and I've and no disrespect I'm not I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about him he's just put that back up again Jamie he's just uh, he's I don't and from what I recall he's never even been invited to World Strongest Man so it's bullshit yeah I mean you can say a lot of things like this guy say say he broke a record in in like uh, some powerlifting competition that was in a guy's backyard right uh -huh. and they call that a world record. And then all of a sudden, now he's a world record strength athlete because his buddy in his backyard said so. A lot of that happens. I don't know specifically about him. I have no no clue where he's getting his his uh, his credentials he eats from. One meal a day. See, this is ridiculous. One meal a day and vegan. Vegan professional powerlifter, two thirteen two thousand thirteen set the deadlift world record for his weight class. Oh, it's okay. almost 672 pounds. For for how much does he weigh, though? There's, 672 isn't even big for guys that are like 115 Well, he's only 5'7". Okay. So he's smaller than me. So they're, they're talking about powerlifting, too. So once you get into powerlifting, there's so many little federations and stuff. Like, everybody and their mother has world records and just mm -hmm. this and that. And so this so documentary is touting, because that's why I was confused. Like, all the strongmen that I've seen are giants. Right. Right. Like, how how can a 5'7 guy compete? I've never seen him anywhere at, at a, on the circuit or anywhere. At but it, and there is a circuit, like yeah, a confirmed have, circuit with guys like you, yeah. who, we have Brian giants, Shaw. Yeah. Eddie Hall and Nick Best. Huge, we have, giant uh, humans. Yeah. We have, the, we have Giants Live. Giants Live is the qualifying tour for World's Strongest Men. So to get to Giants Live, you either – there's like a bunch of little federations that you could possibly do well in and they'll invite you. Or, um, you know, like getting invited is kind of like uh, the only tricky thing, get, getting in. But once you get there, you, if you prove yourself, you get top three. Or if, if like, say you go to – my first Giants Live I went to, it was like stacked. Like it was 10 of the strongest men on the planet. And normally Giants Live has like three of the top 10 and then a few of the other guys trying to get in and so when i went it was top the all the top 10 guys and i got uh sixth place i believe but i still got invited to world's strongest man because it was the top 10 strongest men in the world there when i did that so no normally you have to go to a giants live prove yourself there and then you get invited to world's strongest man now sometimes uh like we've had years where world's strongest man got pushed and was filmed early so they had to invite other guys but you can you can always tell who's strong mm -hmm. like you you can see when a guy shows up and and he's ready to go or if he's just got show muscles or if he's just a big chubby dude you know and it's it's i mean you strap a guy to a truck and tell him to pull it 30 meters you're gonna figure that shit out real quick you know <laughs> yeah i can only imagine it's so, a shit show for some people well because 
the James Cameron thing, they're pulling this guy out as if he's some world record power lifter, strongman he, guy. He probably has for his a weight world class. record. He probably has some type of world record. I, I've seen him because I've posted videos talking about my, my meals and stuff mm-hmm. before. And a lot of people give me that, like, this guy does this and he's vegan. Yeah. But I've, I, I mean, if the biggest pull he's ever pulled is 627, then that, that wouldn't even do like, that would get last place at an amateur heavyweight show yeah. in America. Also, the other thing is, is America, we have, we have the strongest men in the world too. Like everyone, it's weird. In America, we have these, uh, people like, um, have these, this love for other countries. Everyone wants to be like, well, I hear in Iceland, they're really strong. Mm. Or, oh, in Poland, they're this. And it's like, motherfucker, we're strong here. Like we're fucking strong. <laughs> like if, if you're an American, getting into worlds is the hardest way to get in. If you go to another country, it's much easier. Much easier because here we've got out of the top 10, we've probably got four or five guys, four or five guys that are top 10 in the world at any given time. And only like three or four, maybe five guys get invited every year from America. So if you're if you're getting in the worlds, you got to be a bad motherfucker, or go move to Poland. Or actually, Poland's got a bad dude right now. Go go move to Lithuania, or go go somewhere else. Like, it would be easier because you'd represent a country with a smaller talent pool. Yeah, much easier. Now what about we, we that? We bang out here. <laughs> I believe. You. Yes, sir. What, what about the mountain? The guy from the game. Of the Thrones? mountain from Iceland. Yeah, he's legit. Right. He's a savage. Yeah, yeah. He won last year. Yeah. He's no joke, man. He he he's strong. How do you say his name? Uh, Half Thor Julius Bjornsson. Just call him Thor. Say it again. Half Thor Julius Bjornsson. Half Thor Julius Bronson. Bjornsson. Bjornsson. Yeah. That's it. yeah. He's, a, he's a savage. He's, yeah. he's strong and he, he's definitely legit. No yeah. joke. You know, he's, he's good. He got third place this year. He's, uh, you know. Isn't he fighting off Bell's palsy or something like he, that? He had, he had Bell's palsy a couple years ago. And um, he's... I think he's almost all the way better. Like his is not to be rude, but his face always had like a little bit of a like my. I've got these huge fat chubby cheeks, so I'm allowed to talk shit, I guess. But he had he had kind of like that look on his face a little bit already. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I'm pretty sure he's he's probably like oh, I'd say at least ninety nine percent done. What, and what the other causes thing, that shit? A lot of times it's stress. Uh, it can be an infection. I, I'm 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 not a doctor. I'm just pretending. You're not a to, doctor at the moment. I, I'm working what? on getting my the my fuck? license. Jamie, I'm, what the fuck is this guy here Turn. for? This fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> so. All of you basically, you're saying eat the same thing. It's just meat and rice, basically. Meat and rice, potatoes. It's, what kind of meat? Uh, and, and a lot of times it's bison. And mm. um, we do. That sounds strong. Yeah, I fucking love. I elk. love bison too. Elk is I love my elk. shit. How long are you in town for? Uh, two more days. You got somewhere you can cook? Yeah, I got a lot of elk for you. Bro. Oh my god, I love you. I have Elk's fucking, my favorite. I have, Commercial freezers in the back. Nice. I shot two last year. So I really? Give, yeah, I try to give it out to as many people. Nice. Where'd, where'd yeah. you go? One of them in Utah, and uh, one of them uh, in uh, Central California. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I've always uh, in Oregon. They got a ton of elk hunting. I've always sure. wanted to. It was Roosevelt elk in uh, in Oregon. They're bigger bodied too. It's a right. big animal. Yeah. And um, it's the best meat. It is by, in my opinion, the best meat there is yeah. is elk by far. Yeah. It's my favorite. So good for you too. Yeah. It's it tastes so damn good too. 
I've never had elk that I didn't like. Even if the guy cooking it sucked, it still came out good. Yeah, know? it's a crazy taste, right? It's like people that think that uh, that venison is gamey. Like, first of all, it's just because someone hasn't prepared it correctly and they didn't right. take care of it after they killed it. But two, it's like not elk. No, no, no. Man, that shit is always good. You could have an old bull, like a fucking ten year old bull who's been rotten and mm-hmm. stabbing other elk with his head. Yeah. And it still tastes delicious when you yeah, cook it. It's fucking amazing. It's yeah. the best. It's the reason why wolves are chasing those motherfuckers. Exactly. It's delicious. <laughs> they don't know what's going on. So Good. how many times do you eat a day? Um, so right now, it's usually it's usually about five. But right now, my five meals are smaller. Like when we're going into worlds, like the last two months, I, I'm eating those five meals and then anything else, everything else. Just like going just crazy. Everything I possibly can. Yeah. And, um, you know, I try and keep it clean, but you just you just want it all. You want it everything. And when you're in a competition, um, how many days is a, like a World's Strongest Man competition? World's Strongest Man is normally uh, two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. It's fucking savage. It's, it's so brutal. So are you working out at all while that's going on, or are you no. just doing the events? You're doing the event, and then you immediately try and find someplace cold. Because n- normally, Worlds is in some exotic location that we're selling tourism to. Wow. So it's like Malaysia, Africa. Wow. We were in Florida this year. It's always some hot, humid place. So they're trying to get people to come to see it. Right. right. A lot of it's a tourism ad. And... Mm-hmm. um. It's always beautiful background, right? Beautiful right. background. Fucking hell on us, you know. It's it's brutal. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's it's part of what pays for everything and none of us really we all know to expect it's going to be hot and humid. We just you know, now myself, this is the first time I've had people come with me like uh, every time I've been to worlds before it was just me and my gym bag and I'm just ready to bang, you know. But now I have to, for some reason, I kept thinking of the sock on the cock thing when I said that. <laughs> We're ready to bang! We're ready to bang! <laughs> Anyways. I got a question your gear! <laughs> so, but now, this this year, and every year forward from now on, I had my crew, like, my girl was with me, and uh, t- two of the guys I train with, and they basically... So we'll be in our tent and like 400 yards away is them lifting. And if I want to know who's doing what or what position they're in or like I'm competing in a group of five, I need to know how many points this guy just scored, what this guy has. Like I need to know all that before I would have to walk out there hot and humid, find out that, come back and be moving back and forth, doing all that stuff if I wanted to get food anything it's just a ton of extra stress this year like uh, they literally wouldn't even let me bend over to tie my own shoes like Whoa. like they put them on me had me set and i was i was fucking strong as shit joe i'm telling you because of that uh, everything like the yeah. work too like right. i really thank brian nick and ed for for how strong i was this year like just training with them and then you know when you when you're with somebody like you compete. It's just, yeah. it's just if if you and I were walking to the door, I'd try and get there faster. You know, <laughs> like, that's just the way it is. Right, right, right. So doing that for the entire year, going into worlds, I showed up and I've I've been going chest to chest with the strong. In my opinion, Brian Shaw is the strongest man who ever lived. And so I've been going chest to chest with this dude all year. You, you thirty other dudes ain't shit. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm here to take your money. You know? Right, right, right. So I like I felt great, and and having them help me and stuff, it just it it all added up to me feeling the best I've ever felt. Do you do a lot of ice baths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't before because I I was basically just pussing out and just didn't want to. But they they you have to if mm. you're training with these guys you have to. 
They're not going to let you slide. It's like that that coach that's just like, yo, you, you don't want to. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> twice as long for you. When do you do the, the ice bath? Because I was reading something, um, I think it was Andy Galpin had a study that he put up about uh, hypertrophy and how it um, how it affect his, it's affected by ice baths. Right. And that there's a certain amount of time after right. lifting you should wait before you get in an ice bath. Yeah, we've all known that for a while. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I didn't know that that was new information because a lot of people are just now finding out. The way your body reacts after a workout, like the pain, the inflammation, all that stuff, you're supposed to allow that. For like, how long? For us, it's like we'll train – Normally, it depends on filming, like because we we work thirteen hour days on top of that, you know. And you right. know, filming is fucking exhausting. It's like yeah. you did that perfect, do it three more times, you know. Right, right. <laughs> that shit's so crazy. But um, so normally, if we train in the morning, we would we would wait to ice bath to the end of the day. But if if we trained immediately after um after set, like we got off set, we went and trained. So it'd be like six or seven at night. We'd come back, we'd eat and we'd like conversate, take our time. And then we would go just before bed. So it's, it's like, I think minimum we would do like, like uh, two hours or so. And I don't, maybe that's too long. Maybe, maybe, but, um, you know, for us, that's like usually just, that's our routine. We, we don't want to avoid that stuff because that's kind of your body learning how to deal with that. Yeah, I think that what they were studying was the difference between someone who did it immediately after workout or someone who waited an hour. And the waiting an hour was beneficial to muscle growth. Right. Yeah. And and it's the same thing with you see people like popping ibuprofen after workouts and stuff. And oh, it's like, good. bro, yeah. you're supposed to feel that. You're supposed yeah. to feel that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the part of the whole thing. Mm. Now, when you're eating these five meals a day, do you have like a meal prep person that sets it up so you have the right amount of calories and nutrients and yeah. you're doing it like I, that? I don't have to worry about that too much. Um, when we're on set, we have caterers and stuff, mm-hmm. so it's it's super easy. And do the caterers like give you bison and rice oh, and yeah. shit like that? Oh, that's cool. everything it's you need. Everything we need. Nice. That's nice. That so nice. when when it's that, it's that easy. But when I get home, see, you get used to that too. So you go home and you try and eat some shitty meat after right. after like three straight weeks of clean food. Your body's like, what are you doing, yeah. bro? You know, enjoy these farts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Run my girl out of the house. <laughs> they get, they'll get bad. And what so. about drink? What do you drink? Do you drink just water? Or? Straight water. Um. Uh. I switch to those like uh we when we're doing like humid shit like we're in mm-hmm. humid areas like a liquid IV we did those yeah. we did those but we, and I got off a of Gatorade and switched to those body armors mm-hmm. it's like those I, body great. armors is like less sugar mm-hmm. I, it's just it's yep. way better more electrolytes yep so it's only I only do those when when we're actually training and it's humid mm-hmm. like I I try the the best I can to keep myself from like uh, allowing that type of stuff unless it's competition. So like when it's competition, take the fucking ibuprofen, drink right. the body armor, all right. that shit. Like this is what you, this is the moment you worked for. Like you want it to be as smooth as possible now. Right, right. But when you're leading up into that, it's 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 water. Like when I'm when I'm really tight on my diet, like every once in a while it'll be a Coke Zero, which. I'm, I'm telling you. Getting crazy. It saves me. It's like, <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't get to eat In-N-Out, but I'll have this Coke there. It'll be okay. <laughs> Can In-N-Out fuck with you? 
No, In and Out's amazing. It's yeah, how could that, it's God's gift that to us. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How could that be bad? This is this is for everyone in Texas. I'm so sorry, but In and Out is a million times. Well, they're better they're than in Dallas now. No, they're in Dallas. They're in Austin. They're in New Braunfels. Yeah, those Whataburger people are. They're drinking the Kool Aid. It's you're wrong. Out of your fucking it, mind. If you're comparing Whataburger, you got to compare it to like McDonald's right. to Burger King. Oh, it's better. In and Out's a different show. Yeah, like exactly. this is this is a different ticket. The only people that fuck with In and Out is Five Guys. Okay, five guys. But if you go to Austin and where where on it is, if you go out there, there's this place called P. Terry's. There's only three or four of them, and they're only in that area. I'm telling you, they crush everybody. Really? I'm, I'm P. Serious. Terry's. P. Terry's. P. Terry's. Like Terry Crews, like T. E. R. R. Y. Apostrophe S. Really? And I'm telling you, like this is not a sponsored ad. They mm. are the fucking shit. And their fries. In and Out's fries are okay. They're not the best. Five I think Guys have better fries. Way better. And they have way Cajun better. fries. And they have better burger choices, yeah. too. Five Guys, you can get weird jalapenos. Bacon. Yeah. Exactly. They have shakes. Right. Well, they the don't best. have shakes. Oh, they do no. have shakes. In-N-Out's they have got shakes pretty good some shakes, place. too. Yeah. Five Guys didn't have shakes for a while. Now they have shakes at some places. But they win with the jalapenos. Oh, yeah. Jalapenos yeah. and bacon. Yeah. The game's More over. options. Yeah. yeah the you can't fuck over. with that. Better buns, too. Yeah, way better buns. That's what I'm saying. But when you go to Austin, you got to try P. Terry's. <laughs> I'm fucking hungry now, man. What have you done? I need P. To, Terry's. We, we, left, uh, we left Evil Live 2 last night in a limo, and I was like, we've been here for nine hours. We're stopping at In-N-Out. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was like, you've never had In-N-Out? I was like, no, I've had it. We're just stopping Look there. Look at that. Damn. P. Terry's, man. Bang for you your burger. Fuck fuck us. That does look goddamn good. Yeah. <gasps> that looks so good. And they're oh only in that area, goodness. too, man. Really? Yep. They need to branch the fuck out. That looks fantastic. Yeah. Woo. Man. Next time you're there, for sure. Yeah, I'm in. So um, what about supplements? Like vitamins? Yeah. Minerals? Like I actually. I, uh, protein is, is something I definitely stick to. And I do pre-workouts, uh, depending on like what mood I'm in. What kind of protein powder are you using? I, I, I'm spoiled. I do the RTDs, like the ready to drinks. The oh, ones, like nice. I'll, I'll get those cases at Costco, man. Mm-hmm. Costco's always got great deals. But um, I, I like to basically use whatever's easy on my stomach. You know, like, do you like whey? Do you like pea protein? Uh, hemp? What do you like? I've had I've had pea. Pea was okay. It tasted kind of funny. Um, it's a little weird. Hemp. Hemp's nice. Yeah. Hemp's always nice. And if you can, for me, like it's just nice to go back to that. Like, have just, we ever sent any of the on it stuff? No. On it, I, shit, I wish I had some here. I'll give you some. No. Do we have out. any on it? Hemp? So. Fuck. Yeah, maybe. maybe. We'll see. If we it's got always it. nice. sent to you, man. Whatever nice. you need. It's always nice to go back to the hemp. Like, yeah. for anything. For Like, if you're doing clothes or anything like that. It's just. It's so easy to digest, too. Right. Hemp protein just, like, goes no problem. Nice. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. And then so I'll do, I do pre's and stuff like that. I actually work with a, a company called Nanoceutical Solutions that does do vitamins. And it's basically, I'm going to fuck this all up. Concussions, don't, don't, fucking don't email me telling me I fucked this up. I'm telling you right now, I fucked this up. Okay. God, uh, email Joe. Okay. Email Joe. That's why. So Nanoceutical Solutions. They take uh, like basically your normal vitamins and they break them down into a smaller bit. Like normally, the smallest way you can you can um, it's called bio like the way your body ingests it. It's called mm-hmm. bioavailability. Yeah. There you go. There you Thank go. you. That was gonna bug me. So the, the so for your body to actually accept it, like the the lowest we've gotten is to I think micrograms or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the this guy out of uh, San Antonio. He broke it down into nanograms, and he was, he's been working with me. I think I'm the only athlete he works with. He's a small company, 
and um we've been talking we were working together and i, I could just tell right away i used to do b12 shots you ever had b12 sure, shot yeah. and you know how right afterwards you kind of taste that that weird taste in your mouth mm-hmm. and you get that energy well with him he has the sublingual uh, vitamins so like between the b12 and the glutathione Dude, I'm telling you, like the B12, it was just like getting a B12 shot. What's the name of this company? Nanoceutical Solutions. Nanoceutical Solutions. There we go. James yeah. got it. Proprietary manufacturing process allows for the molecular dispersion without excessive heat or breaking of the chemical bonds. This allows the vitamins and supplements to remain unchanged and undamaged when they are absorbed in your body. Fucking, I'm in. That's exactly Fuck what I said, yeah. right? Didn't Me- I say yes, that? Exactly. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> Methyl B12, melatonin, glutathione. Glutathione's the shit. The shit. Nobody knows about turmeric it. Turmeric and curcumin. I just found out that turmeric has an R in it. Yeah. I learned it this year. I learned that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought it was turmeric. God damn it. We're yeah. so stupid. We yeah, are, we are reptiles fuck. for sure. You and I for sure. So yeah, I do that. Take and then, on smart people out there making vitamins that are <laughs> nanograms. Yeah, exactly. So I I just try and eat clean and, and that kind of stuff, you know. And it's you can we can always tell when our bodies like acting a little weird or funny, mm-hmm. and you can just backtrack a little bit and you're like, oh, like I've been doing this a little different, or I've I've had beer fucking six nights in a row, like just chill right. out that kind of shit. You know? Yeah. So. Most of the time, it's self-regulation. Now, you said that they drug test you guys. What are they testing for? Uh, they test for everything. When we get drug tested at World Strongest Man, it's for everything. It's steroids it's for steroids. It's for but it has, everybody has to be on steroids. No, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. When there's Is one it, test a year, right? So you have one to test pass that test. You have to pass that test, and they can test you randomly too. The, randomly, the, the randomly thing. From my experience, the random thing only happens if you're acting like you're on amphetamines. Oh. If you're acting like you're on amphetamines, they're going to test you. And there's been guys who pop for amphetamines after they randomly tested them. Have you tried to put a sock on your cock? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're screaming at somebody about <laughs> cock and sock and all that, yeah, you're going to get drug tested. Oh, so that's what they, I would imagine that they would worry about that when it comes to lifting, right? Most like definitely. You, guys, you don't want somebody to got, die on air. Right. You know, you yeah. can't have that. And we're like pulling that truck. I'm telling you, they stopped using the heart meters because people were losing their fucking minds, seeing that their hearts were so high. It was like t- 240 a minute. What? Something like maybe 230. Yeah. It's I didn't insane. Even know you could get that high. That's what everybody else said. So they pulled the fucking meters. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, that's like a jackrabbit. Crazy, huh? Wow. Crazy. 240 a minute. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah. Is anybody pissed hot for steroids? Uh, I I believe one person got busted. I would imagine. I don't want to say his name because I don't know yeah, if don't, it was for steroids or for uh, a meth. Uh, meth uh, what did I say? What did I call it? Amphetamines. Amphetamines. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, I would feel like for steroids, it kind of. I mean, I don't want to like push it but it seems like you'd have to be i mean it's it's a sport where it's uh it's built for bigger men but yeah. i mean there's a lot of guys who've gone through and and been very adamant that they're not and you know we get tested we we all literally like every year i have to explain to the guy like yes there's going to be marijuana in my system and that's in the rules that it says it's okay like i have that conversation every year and it used to be illegal used to be illegal and Up we got until- we got a switched uh i believe 14 
Did you help get it switched? I brought it up a lot. I don't know if that really <laughs> changed anything. But I was like, look at these fucking gorillas. You want everyone here on Vicodin? Right. And like, I, I literally, like, all I'm saying is we should be able to smoke weed. I'm not saying that you guys should be able to do meth or any right, of that other right. shit. None right. of that. Like, well, I think we're finally recognizing, finally, as a culture, that weed is not what everybody thought it was when right. they were in the 50s and the 30s. And Thank God. Thank God. Because, I mean, people were doing so much worse shit. Well, that's why that little Jeff Sessions cunt was driving me fucking crazy when he was the attorney general and he was saying, we got to, you know, marijuana's, good people don't smoke marijuana. Like, right. You're not hanging around with good people, first no. of all, because good people don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> exactly. So you don't know what you're talking and about. And wasn't, wasn't it Hillary that was saying it was, she was going to do her best to keep it illegal? Yeah, she had some nonsense that she was saying too. That was I don't know. She fucking who knows. That's crazy. If I was you, I, and just being honest on this show would scare the living fuck out of me, because so many people listen. I, I'd just be worried that sooner or later, like you know, somebody for you just show up. Hillary just shows up. Just show up. They, I mean, they carry her, like one of them, the kings they carry you with the, the poles on the shoulders. <laughs> those big dudes, she just comes in, hops out. Moves the veil and peeks. Yeah. Yes, that is the one. Did you see that uh, video I put on my Instagram of that that dude who Trump? made that? Yeah. Oh, it was that badass. Trump robot with a Hillary head inside the body. That was so badass. Who, who is that guy? Let's give that guy some props because that fucking animation is amazing. Put, put it up on uh, on the big screen. It's like one of those things where, like, how does this guy even think of this? And where is he buying his weed? Because <laughs> this is not something that a regular person thinks of. This is his name. Beeple Crap? B-E-E-P-L-E underscore C-R-A-P. And uh, he's got this video of this Trump robot with glowing eyes and one artificial leg moving and the entire body of the trump robot is hillary's giant head floating around in a vat of liquid like a war-torn united states i'm guessing soldiers marching with them yeah it's some apocalyptic post-apocalyptic scenario but there's all Mm. these lights and it's fucking amazing it's so dope and trump's body is weird and his feet are like baby feet yeah yeah like and his hands yeah they always get the they do their best to just fuck with that like because it bothers him he should have never acted like it bothered him did he act like it bothered him i think he said something about my hand these big hands after they'd said it i don't oh, know that's hilarious that's the thing is is every every dude knows like if a guy flinches when you say some shit you say <laughs> some more of that shit exactly that's what you do exactly you know, you're yeah. not supposed to flinch but they're the ones who say you don't body shame. I mean, well, they're body shaming this poor right. guy for having little. He doesn't even have little hands. He's right. got normal hands. <laughs> Rules but don't exist the anymore. The same artist man. made this thing too, which is like the, the opposite of what oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. It's like a gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> if I was Trump, I would hire a trainer and just get on the best juice. Dude, just if like, I had abs it. like that, I'd never wear a shirt. I'd go to yeah, funerals right. without a shirt on. Yeah. Sorry, bro. You're <laughs> dead, but I'm jacked and tail with it. <laughs> Put a sock on your cock. I don't think Trump has little hands. They're regular hands, but it is a, a constant theme. Yeah. Hilarious. But that thing, that Beeple crap guy, is that, that you say his name? Beeple mm. underscore crap? He's amazing. Got some great shit on his page too. That's really cool. God damn! Look at that—a a giant Kim Jong Un robot. They, like, what uh, a weird wasn't Trump just in dude. North yeah. Korea right now? They're Partying just, with that dude. They probably killed somebody together. Just I wonder if it was like the interview where he let him drive the tank, and they were listening to Miley Cyrus. Was it Miley Cyrus? What was it? Um, I don't remember. It wasn't Miley Cyrus. He was listening to in the movie, the interview with oh, the guys from yeah, Pine, they Fuck. were driving around. It Fuck. was. Um, 
I don't remember. Yeah. That was the, the Seth Rogen movie. Yeah. Hilarious movie, by the way. I never saw that movie. Oh, you got to see that shit. It's yeah, fucking clips. great. No, never you got to see that one. That's good. That movie, like, vanished. Like, I forgot about it. Huh. Like, until you just brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah. I think it's on Netflix. I'm I sure think. it is. Yeah. All those, all those, like, from Super Bad got me, like, I was in love. Super Bad's hilarious. So, you, don't, scene when they you want to be dick. good at sex when you go to college. You don't want to be sucking dick at fucking pussy. <laughs> so good who wrote that shit tell me who wrote that so i can I, say thank you i don't know man but the scene where he's just drawing dicks <laughs> yeah 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 it's so, it's so ridiculous so crazy i love movies like that yeah just preposterous shit yeah and just like relaxed humor yeah like, yeah he didn't yeah. care if it bothered somebody I mean, no he wasn't trying to be a dick but he was funny well what's interesting is that was quite a few years ago i wonder if they would even do that movie that way today Ooh, that's interesting. you know i mean that I movie heard, was uh, like 2013 there's or some a movie shit. coming out about three younger kids than the super bad movie and it's rated r and it seems like it's right along that same vein of like yeah humor nice. and comedy and well, thank god I forget what it's yeah. called. But the thing we need is, more of that yeah it's like the backlash is stronger now than ever before, but also the appreciation of it is stronger now than ever before, right. too, because people are so tired of people being so politically correct and right. so upset about everything. Yeah. You know, like, no one's telling you to be an asshole, but do, do, people are jumping on things that aren't even bad. Right. It's, it's like I was, I'm actually, like, a little nervous about telling athletes that they should smoke weed now. Like that's that's nerve wracking because like your whole dependent you're dependent on on your boss and the places you work and the things mm -hmm. you do right so just saying something like that if two people find that offensive and they raise enough hell sure that's a big fucking deal but what what we're just saying is like it's better than Vicodin it's better than yeah. pills it's 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 a, a very much healthier alter, uh, alternative um, alternative well you know what it is man it's a tool it's like you can abuse tools. But you could also use them correctly. Right. You, I mean, you don't want to fucking hammer nails with a saw, right? right. But, but if you use marijuana correctly and you have discipline and you know what you're doing, the problem is that it's been illegal for so long. People don't understand what the best way to use it for is and right. what are the side effects. What is the, you know, what's the paranoia? What's this heightened sense of awareness that kind of freaks people out? Like, how do you, how do you mitigate that? How do you, how do you get over it? What's the right dosage? All that stuff is dependent upon information. And when people are lying to you about it being terrible and, you know, making you fucking blind and losing your marbles. Right, and, you're going to kill people yeah, and all that stuff. People are so confused about it that it also makes you more paranoid because as you're smoking, you're thinking, oh my God, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. What am I doing? I'm ruining my life. I can't believe I'm doing that. And then you get even more paranoid and then you're like, I'm never doing this again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about sponsors? Is it ever an issue with sponsors? The the weed thing would yeah. be would be. Uh, yeah. But right now, the only people I work with, other than myself, is that Nanoceutical Solutions. So uh, he's actually working on doing a CBD thing and stuff. I'm I don't know if I'll be a part of that because I'm trying to. There's it's so available now. I mm -hmm. just I'd rather just find whoever does it the very best and not not market it because right. it's it's uh, so saturated. I just take it for myself. Actually, a lot of people I I worked in uh, group homes when I was in college for for kids with autism and um for for a long time. And there was actually this little girl who uh she had this this uh it's not a disease. She had this uh I'll just call it a thing. She had this thing where she always felt like she was falling. Oh, so wow. so like 
she looked completely normal. She was autistic and nonverbal, didn't speak. But imagine all day feeling like you're falling. So she learned as a child, really little, if she would hit herself, that people would hold her. So if you weren't holding her, she would literally, I watched her break her own nose. Like oh, she was, she was 11 years old, this, this sweet little girl, like just super nice and smiley. But like, if you didn't hold her, she just whack right oh, in her own face. And God. we found out that through, uh, I don't remember exactly how it came about, but they, they gave her THC pills. They gave her THC pills and then stopped. She, she would walk around the house normally. Like she was still nonverbal. It's not like it fixed her autism or any of that stuff, but with the whole symptoms of feeling like she was falling, which I'm, I don't even think had anything to do with autism. Again, I'm not a doctor, but, um, Wait, what? Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta worry about that <laughs> shit. So, uh, they gave her THC pills and she was like just walking around the house smiling. She would help us cook. She would move around like she would help the other kids because there's four kids in the house. She would help the other kids tie their shoes, stuff like that. Oh, that's she awesome. Was, then her parents came back, must have been four months later, and her, their friends had guilted them about giving her daughter, their daughter weed and they stopped giving it to her and she went right back to it, like, straight back to it so stupid it's just ignorance people just don't understand what it is it's all it is yeah oh that's so sad i i felt so bad this is one of the things that like just ripped me apart from working in that field is just there's so much like there's these little rules that you don't understand we had a kid that would sit right and he would just he would feel stressed out and he would sit and the rule was when he did that we we weren't allowed to, to help him up or move him or anything like that because that was rewarding bad behavior that's how they classified that. So he would just sit in the middle of the road, and we weren't allowed to get him out of the middle of the road. He would, he would, and then he learned that if he didn't want to do something, if he basically would stay in his room all day, he would stay in his room all day because he didn't like the only worker he liked was me, and I think it was just because I was big and and jolly and all that. But if he didn't like the person he was working with, he'd just sit in his room on the floor, and then they couldn't touch him. They couldn't do anything, and he'd just sit there. He'd go days without eating or or going anywhere out of the room or anything like that. And it was all because we'd put these rules and and put these chains on ourselves based off of other people's opinions or worrying what it would look like if we did this. You know, if if this girl's taking this pill, what does that look like? Or right. if we're picking this boy up off the ground, what does that look like? And it was it was. It was, it was like trying to help these children with your hands tied behind your back. And I don't know if it's like that anymore. It was, this was a long time ago, but it was just, it was heartbreaking. I remember everyone was terrified to work with this little boy. He, he was 10 or 11. He was just a sweet little dude. He just didn't, he got nervous, you know? And so I remember coming in and one day I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm taking him to go to a football game. So I took him to a college division one football game, never had an issue, never had any problems, never sat down, nothing, sat second row in the end zone and like would get all excited every time anybody came by or like the, the cannon went off for a touchdown. It was like the, the greatest moment of my whole like college career was ha- hanging out with this 11 year old at a college football game. The people awesome. were too terrified to even get out of his room. That's terrible, but that's so cool that you got him there, though. Yeah. I'd I'd like to think that that a lot of people worked more in that direction after I left, you know? I'm I'm hoping. And he was, you could see in his eyes, he was a sweet little boy, you know? You, you, there's, I've never met a kid that was evil, ever. You just need to know how to, how to work with him, how to talk with him. Well, that's cool that you have that kind of patience. Yeah. 
Do you have kids of your own? I do. I have a three-year-old boy. Oh, nice. Yeah, my little Atlas bear. First one, three-year-old? Yep. Wow, that's a that's a fun age, man. They start yeah. talking to you, and they're running around. Telling all the stories and everything. And right now, he doesn't even, like, like we have to read books before we go to bed, because when we go to bed, he wants to tell me stories. Ah. So he'll lay there, and he'll be like, well, this one time? And he'll talk for, like, 10 <laughs> minutes about some shit, you know? It's, it's so sweet and so cute. Yeah. It's nah. a wild thing, having a little person that right. he made. Yeah. You know, people that don't experience it's it's very very hard to describe yeah it's like the sweetest most lovey most intense sweetness you've ever felt in your life yet the scariest fucking most horrifying thing at the exact same time right you just feel so vulnerable yeah vulnerable is a great word for it i also have so much more compassion for other people now because i think of other people now as babies that grew up yeah where i used to think oh look at this asshole and i think oh that asshole used to be a little baby like someone's little boy right someone's carrying him and holding him and he just got bad information and now he's all fucked up yeah like yeah. I saw some homeless guy today. I was at a stoplight. He was wearing a bathrobe. The guy had a bathrobe and socks on. It's it just dirty. It's yeah. fucked up. And I was looking at him I'm like this. That was someone's baby boy. Yeah. And now here he is, a guy in his 30s or 40s, whatever he was, just wandering around all fucked up and dirty with mental health problems, wearing a bathrobe. And I'm like, that used to be someone's boy. Yeah. That's that's. It's good for you to feel that way, but it's, it's rough to live like that. You yeah. Know? Well, it's 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 so hard when you look at all the problems in the world and all the people that are suffering from poverty and disease and strife and natural disasters and all these things there's just so many people to care about and think about yeah it's almost like you could become paralyzed with compassion just Most definitely just looking at all the problems of the world yeah and then the other side of it the one that gets me a lot is like when you see parents or you hear about parents i haven't seen it a lot but you hear about parents who just don't give a fuck yeah. it's like this is this is a burden on me and they yeah. avoid it and ditch it i when you look at your daughter's eyes have you ever once in your life imagined being able to walk away from that no fuck that I, would that would kill me i heard a story about a lady who abandoned her kids the other day i just couldn't imagine that she abandoned her kids and uh, wanted to start fresh left the husband with the kids just left wow and i was just sitting there going what in the fuck and then the fires came and their fucking house burnt down wow and so the, then so here they are the dad and the kids daughters and the, the mom fucking jet and the guy's there no house fuck. i'm like oh jesus christ man yeah man it's uh it's rough because you got to wonder like what is wrong with that person like what kind of schizophrenia are they dealing with kind of mental health issues like what is right how could you do that like how do you not like you think about what you experienced with your son and i think about what i experienced with my daughters and like how could you how could you not want to be there for them how could you not want to take care of them how could you not want to love them that's there's some kind of disconnect, man. Yeah, what happened? Well, I mean, you think about that poor girl who kept punching herself in the face because she thought she was falling. Like, there's obviously an issue there. Like, what other issues are there psychologically? What empathy issues, detachments, you know, sociopathy? Like, what what's wrong with them that they're allowed that they can allow that in their life? It's, you know, yeah. it's too almost too many people, man. It's it almost is. too much to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, legitimately, it's hard to say, but it is too much. Yeah. It's it's hard to say that and accept it, but it is. I mean, that's how a lot of people end up going crazy. Yeah. Like paralyzed from fear or worry. Yeah. You know. That's where weed comes in. Yes. Just, 
You just worry about other shit. Think about aliens. <laughs> aliens. aliens. <laughs> if you had a guess, I'll turn around on you. What do you think about aliens? Do you think Bob Lazar's telling the truth? I, I, I know believe, you didn't look him in the eye because you weren't in the room with him. Yeah, but I, I told you I watch. I'm I'm the one of the the creepers that watch the YouTube video. I'm I'm that guy right there. So like, <laughs> I sit at home. I don't really watch much TV. Like I I I'll sit at home and like stretch and watch watch these videos. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's is a whole new thing to it. Like it adds an element that I really like. Like being able to see Miss Pat, dude. Oh yeah, fucking hilarious. Like yeah. the entire time I was like. Like like glued, <laughs> There's just, everybody. I mean, I've She's I've never so funny when she talks about broke dudes are great at slinging dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I love is Ari. <laughs> Ari's subtleness, like yeah. oh man, he's fucking hilarious. Well, I would imagine that for like a guy who's doing such ruthless fucking explosive shit like you're doing all the time, like comedy must be kind of important for sure. It's a huge release. Plus, I mean, like I like it, and a lot of my friends were that. Like, I, I was friends with a lot of guys at the comedy store, so I was around it. Like I. I even I thought about doing it for a while. I just I know I'd have to dedicate so much to even be decent that yeah. I just couldn't do that. But like it's it's one of those things I like to I, Tate tried it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was with him. I was hanging out with him a lot when he was working on material and stuff. <laughs> I remember he came over and he gave me uh, this badass poncho one time. He just randomly came over to give me a poncho. And <laughs> Sounds then he, like Tate. Yeah, and then he wanted to hang out and we were, we were sitting out on my deck and we were just he was working, we were just chilling. He was he's like it's so cool. What are the what's that quote? It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yes, that's Tate. Yeah, that's Tate. Yeah, you know? yeah. and that's, that's that's similar to you. It's a lot of guys like that. You see a lot of these guys who are just they're 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 built ready to go. You know, like if if some shit went down, like I I would happily stand next to you. You know, like I'd be I'd be I'd feel like secure, but. You don't have to worry about like if if you come in here, you're not gonna have you know fake lat syndrome and flex up on right. somebody. You not know? being an asshole. Right. Yeah, it, I, it, you, that's one of the things you do see with fighters too. Is that most of them in general, they're really nice people. Yeah, because they don't, they're not always puffing their chest out for no reason right. and acting like an asshole for no reason. They're nice folks. Yeah, they get all that shit out. They mm. get it out in the gym. And if if you're a bad motherfucker, you don't have to act like a bad motherfucker. Exactly. You can just be you. Exactly. You know, that's why I, I wear pink chucks and strong and pretty shirts and shit. You know, like I don't have to act like I'm bad. I just exactly. do it. Exactly. Well, no one's disputing it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, no online, pushback. they sometimes do. Online, oh, of course. Who are they? Are they even real? That's the people I'm saying I'm not a doctor yeah. for. Oh, for them. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. But the, for the aliens, um, what do you think? If you had a bet, if I if you had a hundred bucks, your last hundred bucks, it's it's hard. I if if I had a hundred bucks and we were gonna find out, I'd say I'm leaning more towards yes than no. I'm leaning I, more towards yes too. I wasn't leaning before that interview. I wasn't though. I wasn't before uh, the documentary that Jeremy Corbell documentary, uh, Bob Lazar, Area Fifty One, and Flying Saucers. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was like mostly bullshit. Is that one? Is that one available? Like, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, okay. it's great. Yeah, I'll check that. out. There's up. a lot of old Bob Lazar shit too, from the George Knapp interviews, where he goes over the the details of the craft and he describes it and explains it. And that okay. motherfucker knew about Element 115 in the 1990s. That's 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 one of the big ones that gets me. That's yeah. one of the big ones that's like that's a big red flag that this dude's real. There's a know? lot. Who knows? But there's a lot that makes me go. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I know we, you talk about this all the time, but I so fucking wish Sasquatch was real. <laughs> I do, man. Every time I'm in Oregon or in Washington, yeah. I'm walking around. I buy all the little like roadside trinkets and yeah. shit. I love that shit. I wish he was fucking real, man. It would be nice, but I think we would have found a dead one. You would have. It's. I mean, that's that's one of the ones I'm like 90% sure. You got to give, you always got to give room. You always got to give room for the, the possibility. The thing is, when people really believe and then go looking for it, they invest so much time in it, they start going crazy. Yeah. Like Survivor Man, Les Stroud. Yes. He's gone. Gone, gone. He's gone. He's out there in the woods. Yeah. He's got a pup tent waiting for Bigfoot to knock (laughs) out the fucking zippers. Yeah. It's weird, man. He's a 100% believer now. Yeah. And he does that Survivor Man Bigfoot show. He's like, what? I heard a branch snap. (laughs) Cut the commercial. (laughs) That's definitely a squatch. (laughs) Yeah. Those shows are weird, man, because those shows have been on TV, like Surviving Bigfoot. Or Finding Bigfoot, rather. So Finding Bigfoot was on TV for, like, what, eight fucking years? They never found shit. No. Like, how the fuck do you keep renewing that show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to breathe underwater. The show's called Breathing Underwater. Can you breathe underwater? Not yet. Tune in next week. Next season, though, we're going <laughs> to try sure. again to breathe underwater. We'll figure this shit out, y'all. Just yeah. give us an off season. We'll get this. I'm talking to these scientists. They're saying no one can breathe underwater. Not yet. They don't know shit. Trust me. Honestly, we South Louisiana, we got a guy. He breathes underwater. <laughs> If if there was a Bigfoot, no one would be happier than me. Dude, I, I'd be right there, though. I'd be yeah. so fucking stoked. Imagine seeing it in a cage. Yeah. Just fucking That's, trying I, to get out, yeah. looking around at no, people. No, not cage, though. I want to see it like in, uh, in, um, in the forest. Pick a Destiny, like the Mushrooms trip where he's like walking and singing with him. Oh, and Jack right. Black's Pick, a, De- Pick right. a Destiny. Pick of Destiny. I would want to be there. I wouldn't want to see it with my own eyes. For a sure. video, I'd be like, man, I saw 80-foot-tall yeah. Donald Trump with a Hillary Clinton head right, powering exactly. it, <laughs> walking through a post-apocalyptic <laughs> Philadelphia. You can't, yeah. you can't prove to me that video is real. I need to see it. I, need but to I would, see it. I would, I would uh, I would shit my pants. I don't know what I would say, though. If I was in the woods and I was camping and I saw a fucking nine-foot-tall gorilla, I don't know what I would say. You wouldn't. I mean, if you came I back, my mouth shut. you'd probably have to. Yeah, because you'd be so you feel so stupid. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, say there is one out there. There's a lot of bullshit artists out there telling you they saw some shit. You yeah. know, a lot of people trying to get some camera time. There can't be one though. If it's going to be a real thing, a living thing, there has to be a, a, a living family. population of them. Yeah, because primates don't live that long. Like, I don't think there's a primate that lives any older than humans. Yeah. We're just we're just way into the weeds. We know it's, it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. So Most likely it sucks. doesn't exist. Yeah, as they like get better and better at like, using drones and scanning the forest and stuff, yeah. it's getting less and less likely. Yeah. I used to do that as a kid, though, like walk out in the woods and like look and hope he was hope, around. You know? Hope. Yeah. And when I was living in Oregon, I was like, Hell's Canyon is probably one of the least explored parts of Oregon. If he was anywhere, he'd be up there, you know? Well, there's some dense ass thick forests in the Pacific Northwest, which is one of the reasons why I think it's so attractive. Yeah. Because like you think like, man, anything could be in here. No one knows. Right. Like you go outside of Philadelphia or, uh, um, excuse me, Seattle, when you go into uh, like, you know, what is it? What's the mountain out there? What's the St. Helens? St. Helens is the one that blew, but there's another one that anyway. Those big ass mountains filled with soup. There's the trees are so dense it's like a box of Q-tips. Yeah, just one after the other, bang, 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 yeah. and the forest floor is all pine needles, so that nothing would leave a footprint. Right, and then you look, you're like, what? If you saw something thirty yards away, it could disappear instantly, left, right. You wouldn't know where the fuck it is. You'd never find it. And it could it could be out there. So yeah. I think that also leads to this 
this delusional idea that it might be live. Right. But I think it definitely was a real thing. You think back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. They have that gigantopithecus that they've proven was a a real uh, bipedal hominid that existed as recently as 100,000 years ago. In America? No, it was in Asia. Mm. They found it in an apothecary shop. There was an anthropologist who was in an apothecary shop. And they found teeth. And he was like, what the fuck is this? And they said, uh, we found these. And he's like, where'd you find these? Because he recognized them as primate teeth. Mm-hmm. And then they, they started digging. They found jawbones that were indicative of a bipedal hominid. Because of the, the shape of the jawbone, they could tell the difference between like the way a gorilla's j- bones are shaped and the way ours are. Yeah. And uh, they think it was in the orangutan family, that it was enormous. Some enormous fucking eight to ten foot tall bipedal ape. Yeah. Mm. So stories that build and build into yeah, something. Yeah, that's probably where the the lore and the legend comes from. You yeah. never seen like a, a picture of what it looks like. I I don't know. I, I I remember you talking about it on here. I don't remember um if I saw a picture. Yeah, you could see, find it on Google. There's pictures of it standing next to like a standard, you know, like six foot tall man, like what a, a regular sized man would be like standing next to this giant ass fucking gorilla uh, that really did live. It really did live, and it lived alongside people while hmm. people were real people. They know at least 100,000 years ago it was alive. That's, that's what it looked like. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a, a depiction of them. There's a, there's a few different versions of that. We'll get that other that one with the, the arm up in the air, Jamie, in the lower right-hand corner. No, no, no. no. Go, go up. Up. Go. See those pictures? You see that when you have those little pictures and the, the little windows below it? See the one with his arm up in the air? Yeah, click that one. That's the one. Jesus. That's what it looked like. That shit would fuck you up. I bet you it was fast, too. Yeah. Probably super fast. But see how it's kind of like orangutan looking? That's yeah. what they think. They think it was kind of a member of the orangutan family. Looks like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a real thing. But it's just funny how like we, we want those things to be real. Yeah. We want mysteries to be real. Yeah. It's part of the reason why you have to really worry or wonder whether or not someone's telling the truth because the desire for something to to be real is so strong. Right. Like UFOs. Yep. The same thing. People want to believe. God, so yeah. hard to be objective. What about yeah. with all that stuff Hotep was saying on here? Because, like, a lot of it, he sounds, like, way more intelligent than I was expecting when I first turned it on. I didn't really know much about him. But you mean I, about Africans traveling the world in boats? Well, about them being in America first or about them, like, giving that technology to Rome. Mm. Like, he said a lot of stuff that, like, I mean, obviously, again, I'm a meathead. And I, right. I'm not, like, the smartest man on the planet. But he's made a lot of sense from what he was saying. Well, for sure, when people think about Africa, they forget about Egypt. Right. And Egypt is one of the most fascinating and absolutely spectacularly advanced civilizations of all time. We have no idea how they built those structures. There's all the speculation about the, especially, like, the Great Pyramid of this this is a stunning technological and physical accomplishment that to this day baffles people. Yeah. That's Africa. So those people had boats, and we don't even know how long. I mean, Graham Hancock believes, and so does uh, uh, Robert Schock and um, John Anthony West when he was alive, believes that those people were building those things tens of thousands of years ago. Yeah. That, that, that is like a spectacularly creative and innovative society that was most likely wiped out by some sort of global cataclysm around 12,000 years ago. And then everything after that was a rebuilding of past knowledge. Right. 
So it would make sense if they had traveled to south uh, south parts of America mm-hmm. and then just basically everything got wiped yeah. out. And so ba- they're they're working from a fresh start in America. Mm-hmm. And then over on this side, they don't have the information about that because they all got wiped out. Well, it certainly makes sense when you look at the Olmecs. Those, those giant stone heads that look like African faces. Right, right. I mean, they look exactly like Africans. And these are heads that came from thousands and thousands of years ago in a, a civilization, the Olmecs, that they know very little about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, the that's, I, felt like, I felt like I was crazy for thinking he wasn't crazy for yeah. some of the shit he was saying. But it's like the, the history of humans is something that becomes more it, – it, it unveils itself over time. And the more they're starting to find new things – like there was something of the – there was some ancient castle that they just discovered that used to be underwater – that's like 3,500 years old. You know what I'm talking about? Like the receding flood water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they found like, what the fuck is this? They're like, they don't even know what it is. So 3,500 years ago, long before Europeans ever came to America, these people had built this fucking castle that is now underwater. You're like, the sea levels rise and fall. That's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas I think it's in Iraq. Oh, yeah, it is in Iraq. Iraq yeah. yeah. So they, they found these ancient. Now, Iraq is also where Sumer was. That's the the earliest known civilization in terms of the earliest known writing, the earliest known agriculture and mathematics, that's Sumer. That's Epic of Gilgamesh. All that shit came from that part of the world. Yeah. So there's all sorts of stuff that was probably lost in that, you know, thousands and thousands of years of history. It's amazing. It's so fascinating to be there, just like I like this place that I was in in Italy. There's a church in Ravello that's a thousand years old and Below the church, there's a glass floor of the church. There's pictures of it on my Instagram. And it's a glass floor of the church. And below the glass floor is a, is another church that's so old, they don't even know when it was built. Oh, wow. So it's more, that, that's it. That's from my, my Instagram. That's so fucking cool. So that, that they have it set, like blocked off and they put a glass floor over it so you could look mm-hmm. down and see it because they don't want you know people to tread on it and fuck with it. But the church itself, the, the just the the church that you could walk around in, is a thousand years old. Right. You know, it's like what? And we're working off information that's basically just been since we started writing things down. Yeah. Like, we've got this little short time period where we started writing things down. I, I mean, acting almost as though that was the beginning of time. You and know? you have to take people's word for it. Exactly. Exactly. No pictures, no and, video. And the same thing with the yeah. aliens and the Sasquatch. There's some things that you want to believe. So dun, you dun, throw dun. that in there. Yeah. And History was written by the winners. Exactly. So a bunch of lying assholes that killed everybody. (laughs) We are the (laughs) champions. My friends. (laughs) My son loves that song. uh, Between that one and We Will Rock You, we we were in a limo yesterday. He was like, put on We Will Rock You. So I'm cranking (laughs) We Will Rock You. My three-year-old's in the back deal. Boom, boom. (laughs) He's so excited. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. that's a – when you think about fucking classic songs, man, (laughs) Queen had a – Gang of classic songs that just worldwide to this day that are used at basketball games and mm-hmm. football games all over the world. Yeah, yeah, huge, such Fuck. an icon. Yeah, John Jones came out to "We Are the Champions." Yeah, this this last one. Yeah, nice. I I, I didn't get to see the fights. How did I know John went to? Uh, uh, it was a split decision. Right? Yeah, it was how a did that tough fight, fight look? man? 
Fucking Tiago Santos is dangerous. He hit John with some big shots, fucked his legs up with kicks to the point where John had to be carried out. Yeah. When he when he walked out of the octagon, they were carrying him. Wow. He couldn't walk. His legs were fucked up. That guy kicked the shit out of his legs. Yeah. And Tiago blew his knee out somewhere in the first, we believe. Oh, he threw shit. a kick and blew his ACL out, but never even winced. Dude. He hobbled around on that knee and just kept throwing kicks with it and everything. That's, that's fucking yeah. crazy. It was an awesome fight. You think uh, he fought? Again, this is I'm not projecting anything. I didn't get to see the fight. Did he fight well enough to Suffered earn? extensive damage to left knee. He had surgery already. Out for the rest of 2019. Oh, shit. Well, then yeah. there goes the question. I was going to yeah. say, do you think he earned another shot? Well, he, he definitely did. He proved I mean, he was worthy. Yeah. He had a split decision. What? What's up? Complete ligaments torn in his left knee. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I kind of we we kind of saw it looking at it. Yeah, shows his left knee meniscus and all his ligaments are completely torn. Wow, the meniscus and all the ligaments. That's brutal. Jesus Christ! And he still stood in there for four fucking rounds. He needed surgery on his right knee earlier this year. Also suffered damage during the fight as he compensated for his left knee. Oh man. So he doesn't even know if he might need tests on his right knee as well. But. You know what? The good news is the UFC doctors are the top of the food chain. They'll fill that motherfucker up with stem cells and mm-hmm. do everything they can to yeah. rebuild some of that inner tissue. Good. He deserves it. If, yeah. you, if you're going to stand in there and, and put it all on the line like that, you know, give that man his fucking stem cells. If they fight again, John Jones fucking power doubles him, takes him to the ground. Wrestle. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I don't. I'm a, I was shocked that he didn't do it. I saw. I read. Um, I don't know if it was on his page or on the one of the, like MMA Junkie or something, but um, he said that he it was pride. He didn't want to do that. Cause yeah, it's crazy. He, that's I mean, John though. But that's, pride almost cost him the title. Yeah. Like, what if Tiago clipped him and dropped him in the third round, and then he won that round on all the judges' scorecards, and then he won a decision. Yeah, he like, almost lost the title because he, of it. crazy. I mean, I don't. I don't agree necessarily with the guy who gave it to uh, who gave it to Tiago. I'd have to watch it. And see how they thought it, and because uh, when you when you're calling a fight, I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm t- looking for patterns, but I'm not really scoring it. Right to score it, I think you have to do it in silence. Right. Yeah. So I'd have to see whether or not I agreed with them, mm-hmm. but it was definitely close. It was definitely interesting, and a lot more interesting than a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought John was going to blow him out of the water. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. You know, yeah. I've messed around just like you know, like bro, like like uh pushing him around and stuff mm-hmm. like that and he's way stronger than i would expect oh he's strong as fuck strong man. As shit he took daniel cormier down you know yeah i mean yeah. he's a motherfucker dude and i think when he goes up to heavyweight he's going to be even stronger and i think that's probably what's going to happen next with john well yeah he, he fucking should it's, yeah uh, winter steep and uh the daniel fighting that's out here in august august that is um yeah that's in august and that's at anaheim yeah that'd yeah. be oh man DC and Steep A too. That should be very interesting too. I don't even know who to root for because I fucking love Steep A. I yeah. love him, but like I, I've got a, I, I feel like I have to love Daniel because everyone else, for no fucking reason, doesn't. Like they do now. You think they're yeah, more and more? He's getting the tides more love. Turned good. The tides turned because he fucking yeah. deserves it. You yeah. know. I mean, he's a he's a bad motherfucker. Especially he's, when he knocked out Steep A with one punch. That that turned the tide. Nice. When, good. Good yeah, for him. When he beat uh, Anthony Johnson, that turned the tide. People get it now. Yeah. For a while though, they were like looking at him like he's illegitimate. Yeah, yeah. that's absurd. Yeah. Well, welcome to the world of MMA. Ridiculous. Pettis versus Diaz is on that card too, and oh, yeah. Yoel Romero versus Polo Costa. I oh, can't take it. Shit. Woo! 
All right, brother, let's wrap this up. It's already three o'clock. We've been All doing right. this for three hours. Holy Isn't that shit. crazy? Yeah. Time flies. <laughs> so tell people again uh, when this show is on the History Channel. We're on uh, Wednesday nights. It's Strongest Man in History with uh, me, myself, and uh, Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, Nick Best. You can check me out on Instagram, just Robert Oberst, O B E R S T. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. That was awesome, man. A lot of fun. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody.